Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On today's show, I am a very happy lad following the Manchester derby. We've got the fallout following Chelsea Everton and we pick our starting 11 for the Euros. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Two Halves, the footballing podcast that brings you all good things football. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 109. And we are back to the regular trio, that is myself, Lee Collard, and the two fellas staring opposite me here, Mr. Mikey Edwards and Mr. Tom Woods. So, there's no special guest this week, but I have to have a quick mention, a quick shout out, a big shout out to Jimmy Vatter, aka Jimmy V, uh, who obviously was on last week's episode, and um, I thought he was a really nice chap, and uh, he brought some, insi- some insightful knowledge about West Ham, and probably most importantly, he dispelled the myth that is the West Ham way. And and he was also on board with me about Big Sam. So straight away, I'm loving the guy. So I hope he comes back and you know joins us again in the near future. I'm sure he's listening to us right now. However, it is back to the regular trio. That is myself, Mikey and Woods. So better go and say hello to those boys. Mr. Um, where am I going to go first? I'm going to go Mr. Edwards. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, I very much appreciated the Moisiah. Um, of course, there the was second, the, the second coming. That that cracked me up. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, look, let's start this off with an apology. Okay, let's start this off with a with a uh, <laughs> no. Um, don't do it. I, look, don't need to. I listened back to I listened to the show back last week. It took me a week to pluck up the guts to to, to pluck up the courage to listen to that show back because I I heard I went a bit overboard. I've had some I've had some comments that it was a little bit spicy. Yeah, a little bit spiked, a bit hot in the kitchen, you might say. Um, look, I, I, I still truly believe that it's a penalty. Okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna. Was it renege? No, I'm not gonna. What's renege. the word? Wait. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm it's not gonna it. go back on what I what I said. However, I could have been more respectful in the way I said it. I, 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 I got quite flustered. 
I got quite angry. Okay. Now I've this heard it makes. This is the Mikey for, that we love. I've heard it makes for compelling radio. Okay, <laughs> uh, and that's fine. This is why we don't do it every week. But yeah, I'd just like to say I'm sorry to the pair of you, and also sorry to Jimmy if I came across as a little bit truculent, a little bit uh, overbearing. <laughs> And a little bit angry, so apologies, okay? Jimmy on his debut must have been like, what the fuck have I let myself in for it? Dude, I worked with that guy for like two and a half years. Yeah, he knows he me well enough. <laughs> well, I didn't think there was any apology necessary. I, I enjoyed it, you know. I mean, at the time it was a little bit like, oh, okay, he's, he's, he's coming at an angle here and he, he's going to buckle down and he's sticking with it. But at the same time, that's what, you know, that's what we're here for. We're, we're here to give our opinions and you stuck by it, you know. It was aggressive, it was strong, but we love it. It was correct, but... Woods? <laughs> Let's you... carry on. <laughs> How are you doing? I know, obviously, you shared a different view to Mikey and you were a little bit more relaxed last week. Yeah, I, to be honest, I, 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 I'll tell the, the listeners now, I was dreading last week's podcast. I really was because it took me basically most of the day to try and get my headspace ready to not basically <laughs> lose my shit at Mikey during that discussion. It, it genuinely, it took me from the moment it happened to basically on the podcast for me to be relaxed enough to kind of like go, it's just a chat. It's just a chat. Because uh, um, most of the time, yeah, um, we, I think we share strong opinions on that moment, which is unsurprising because it consisted of important moments for both our football teams. But um, it's been and gone. Um Mikey still has his opinions. I still have mine, uh, and that's fine because it's football, and people are entitled to having opinions. But I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, obviously we'll get into it. Good night for Chelsea last night. Important night as well because um, a lot of the results from the weekend did start to uh, <laughs> get me a little bit nervous going into that football match because obviously with with Leicester somehow coming well somehow coming back, it's Brighton. Brighton managed to lose a game which they should have won. Again, um, Manchester United, which we will get to in a moment, having a wonderful result. As I think we did suggest that they were going to break that run for what it's worth. I think we were pretty sure that. that well, that you're, all, you're almost leading my introduction into oh, that. Fuck. Ignore what I'm saying. Lee will be able to kind of use that as the segue. Um, and obviously, Tottenham having another positive result. Now, admittedly, Tottenham have been on a, a run of three very good results uh, in the Premier League, admittedly against tomato cans. Uh, but still, they are starting to put the pressure on. So there'll be another DVD coming out, um, no doubt. But The yeah, hypocrisy, you know, I'm calling that out straight away. The, 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 I don't know what you mean by tomato cans, but these are the same tomato cans that Chelsea were winning and you were lording up the, the two-shell Hang on, winning. hang on. Have you seen who we've just been beating? Who, Chelsea? Yeah. Well, you beat Everton. Oh, yes. Yes, we did. And obviously we beat Liverpool and we beat Atletico <laughs> Madrid. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one before that as well. Obviously, we didn't lose to Manchester United, most importantly. Um, look, we'll get into that in a moment. Um, I, look, maybe I'm being a bit uh, anti-Tottenham, which shouldn't come as a massive surprise <laughs> what, what, to what? <laughs> Woods is anti-Tottenham. Nah, I, nah. But um, yeah, you know, um, what I would say is I'm having a better week than some people in a certain family uh, and a certain individual that's used to sit on TV on uh, our morning TV. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, my friend. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> from a footballing perspective, you know, again, we're going to talk about it later. So I'm just, I was a little bit meh, like, 
I, I don't know really. Like, I, I, I admit the game didn't have my full attention for the, the middle part, but for the first half an hour and the last half an hour it did. And it's something that I've been kind of used to over sort of this year. This this is in this calendar year, 2021, and probably the last four, five, six games. That's how Everton have been playing. So, you know, I expected that. But we'll, we'll cover that off later. We'll cover off Chelsea and Everton. Well, obviously, we should kick off with that with that derby, the Manchester derby. Um, you kind of alluded to which, Well, me and Mikey, we, we didn't predict United to win. You did. You you predicted that streak to end. Um, I you know I I expect it from you, was because you know you're a closet United <laughs> fan. You know, trying to you know warm you up there a little bit. But no, in all seriousness, you you did call it. Me and Mikey didn't. But I want to go to Mikey first, obviously, given that it is his club and he is the actual United fan. And um, I don't know. So I, I guess the question I want to ask or what I want to pose to you, Mikey, and I guess would you obviously going to get involved with this as well, is was it all these tactics that, you know, did for the United win or was it Pep playing Pep's tactics playing into United's hands again? So um, I have a lot of cause for celebration coming onto the show. OK, my team won. Uh, they snapped the, the streak. Man City now 21 and 1, to, to quote a famous uh, uh, streak breaking <laughs> phrase. Um, and, you know, I've come on the show and it's your, you, your boys' teams that have played each other at the weekend. So I can just sit here and lord it up and, you know, get my spoon out and poke some bears and what have you. Um, going into the game, I wasn't entirely confident just because I'd seen enough dreary nil nils against the teams, you know, bigger teams that are for, to last me a lifetime. What I would say, and whilst I'm very satisfied with the result and I'm pleased that we won, I didn't learn anything new. Um, I know that Man United can set up and play on the counter. That's the thing that we're good at. Um, what I don't know is why we can't beat Sheffield United, why we can't beat Crystal Palace twice, why we can't beat West Brom. Because if we had beaten those teams, we'd be a point off top. And the result on Sunday would have meant a hell of a lot more. Um and that's, I suppose that's just the tale of being a Manchester United fan at the moment. Uh, with every hint of progression, every sign of progress, um, there's something else which kind of snaps you back to reality or kind of means that the progress isn't going to be as great as you'd hoped. And, and it's the same old, same old with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I learned absolutely nothing from this game. Absolutely nothing. I already knew that occasionally... One in seven, Mar- Martial, Anthony Martial can look like a footballer and actually put a shift in. I already knew that Luke Shaw was having a very good season. And so it's nice to see. I maybe I was confirmed or reaffirmed that Dean Henderson will be, hopefully, the Manchester United goalkeeper for potentially the next 10, 15 years of his life. Probably more like 10. Um, and I already knew that against a team that are there to uh, have the ball and for us to you know, play on the counter, uh, that Fred and McTominay are, are a decent midfield two to put in there against that. What I also already knew is that neither Fred or Tommy McTominay can pass the ball. <laughs> I, I, I already knew that. I already knew that Marcus Rashford, uh, whilst doesn't get lauded enough for his defensive work at times, um, he is in an absolutely wretched vein of form. Um, and looked like a competition winner at times. Um, 
these things I already knew. I already knew that that Wan-Bissaka would have Sterling in his pocket. I didn't learn anything from this game. Am I surprised it happened? Not really, if I'm honest with you. I'm glad it happened. Um, but that's Man United at the moment. Um, I would much rather us... I, I want to see us beat the crapper team. That's where I'm going to learn stuff. Teams that are sitting back against us. Um, us playing on the on, on the counter. We did press high. I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. And Man City really didn't look too threatening. But as you mentioned there, Lee, in the start, they rested a bunch of players. Bruno Fernandes had the pitched himself a lot of the time because they didn't have a man on him, um, which I just found baffling when you yeah. consider that Chelsea done a really good job on him and he was basically invisible in that game. Um, I don't understand why Bernardo Silva didn't start. Um, I don't understand why Foden didn't didn't start. Foden, when he came on, was their best player. Mm. De Bruyne had an absolute nightmare. I call the guy the best player in the league. God Almighty, on that performance, I've been having, I've been smoking something for the last couple of years. He was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. We not, but then again, we already know Gabriel Jesus ain't the guy. Nope, uh, ain't the guy, and. As a bit of a spoiler for later on, Raheem Sterling, I don't really give a fuck how many goals you score, Sunshine. You ain't getting into my Euros team. No. Uh, and again, I'm not learning much. Um, that's my kind of, my big takeaway is I'm pleased for the result. And it's like, oh, that's nice. But my overriding feeling is I haven't learned anything. And I have regret that we haven't done this when we could actually have taken advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So it's more disappointment than anything else even though we won the game if you know what I mean yeah it's frustrating you're 100% right because um, there are fixtures in that that you mentioned uh, Sheffield United West Brom um, what was the other one there's another one Palace twice Palace yeah it's so frustrating um, that United didn't get the points they should have done in those those matches now you can certainly look at those games. There were certainly refereeing decisions in them where you could go, the Sheffield United one, undoubtedly. The goal shouldn't have stood. There should have been a goal the other way for United. Um, equally, I think even West Brom, there was some contentious nature about their opener, which could be argued. There was a penalty decision, obviously, it wasn't given. I don't want to kind of labour on those points because still, nonetheless, United should have gone out and beaten those football teams because they're better than those football teams. Exactly. And this um, is why, like, you know, when I look at that Chelsea game, for example, like, yeah, I mean, look, I... I, I I went a bit... I, I have focused heavily on the penalty thing. At the end of the day, right, we, we had another 89 minutes and however many seconds to try and win that game. And we didn't look like winning it for really any any point during it other than one break near the end, mm. which we, we should have done better should at. But then Chelsea had chances to win that game too. And like, mm. for me having had a week to reflect on that particular game, it's like, well, look, a point away at Stamford Bridge when you've got a new manager, we always do terribly there. Kind of like, fine, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. However, I would be looking back at that point far more favourably if we hadn't gone and dropped points to the likes of West Brom, to Palace twice, and all these gubbins teams that if you're going to win a championship or you're at least going to compete for a championship, you need to beat. Mm-hmm. But, to, but to counter that, I don't know what I, I don't know if it is countering as such, but we we spoke about it last week when we were doing the predictions. And Man United don't have a good record either against the top six. So whilst I appreciate you're saying you don't have a good record against the the clubs that you should be beating, perhaps, i.e., you know the teams that you mentioned, you also you haven't been scoring goals. So you basically you've been setting up against teams. I appreciate as well. Again, with Man City, it's probably been a bit different. As in, you know, Oli's had had the one over on on Pep many a time. 
But in terms of just your, your performances against the top six, it's always very defensive and you don't look like scoring goals. Whereas I felt on, on was it Sunday? Yeah, on Sunday, that that wasn't the case. Obviously, this is why I kind of went in with the question of, was it just Pep playing into the hands of, of United again? Uh, I don't think Pep really knows what to do at times, um, to be honest with you, against against that system. Um, I thought we defended really, really well. Yeah. And it wasn't... Um, it wasn't backs to the wall defending. It wasn't we're under the cosh for 90 minutes. There was a point fairly early on in the first 20 minutes or so where I think Bruno Fernandes picked the ball up in the midfield and just decided to do a random pirouette back heel. Like we, we defended, but we defended with a bit of swagger and we defended with a little bit of, okay, we know exactly what we're doing here because we A, we know this works because it's worked a bunch of times before. Um, and B, it was like, well, we know, like we know, for example, that, Sterling's not going to get the better of Wan-Bissaka. We know that Shaw's in really good form. I think Mara's only really skinned him once. And the rest of it, you know, Shaw pretty much had him had him down. Um, so I just thought we looked comfortable. I thought we looked comfortable the entire time. It shouldn't be forgotten that we are the second highest scorers in the league this year, obviously aided by the 9-0 against Southampton. There are times, when this, and I suppose this kind of lends to me what my overall kind of feeling about this was. I mentioned consistency earlier on. Um, or at least I thought I did. If I did not, then I'll just say consistency earlier on. There we go. I'm referencing <laughs> it now because I said it earlier. Um, I've said this about Solskjaer a few times, not just on this show, but I think in you know to you guys on a personal level as well, is that the sign of a good manager is consistency. Um, and I just don't see it from this team. Weirdly, against Man City, it was the most I'd gone into a game this season where I had a real idea about what I was going to see. Um when, when we play a West Brom, when we play a Sheffield United, a Palace, an Arsenal, uh, I have no idea what I'm about to go and witness. I walk into that Man United game and I'm like, couldn't tell you, bruv. I have no idea whether we're going to be good, bad, indifferent. We're going to look dangerous. We're going to look tired. We're going to look sluggish. I, I literally have not a fucking Scooby-Doo what I'm going to see. And... And, that, and then it boils down to individual player performances as well. Like Marcus Rashford, perfect example. I have fucking no idea if he's going to bang one in like he did the other week or he's just going to be d- dreadful or, and, and actively you know, take away from the team. And again, I come away from it and I just think of the whole thing like I'm just a bit meh because whilst it's a good result and whilst... City were below par. And I think, to be honest with you, this kind of goes a little bit, talking about City, I know Woods has mentioned this a few times over the last couple of months. They're not, I don't think they're playing that well. No. I haven't been blown away by Man City, but what they have shown is consistency and winning. The game against West Ham last week where their XG was miles low and they kind of got lucky to win that. Well, they they won. It's consistent. Um and it's the thing that Man United just don't have. I have no idea what to expect for them. I have no idea what to expect from the players. I have no idea what to expect, what to expect from Oli with his subs and his tactics. Um, and I'm, I'm just that. That's my overriding feeling of it. And I, I, and I look at Woods now. He had probably something very similar with Lampard, right? In terms oh, yeah. of, I ain't got a fucking clue, bruv. Right? I guarantee you now, Woods goes into games. And he goes, I bet we look solid defensively. Yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just having that, I think, would be some kind of progress for this team. Because at the moment, Man United, we went through a weird period of about the last couple of weeks or so just before, where we were conceding like secondary school goals, like 
dreadful goals against the likes of Sheffield United. And I'm sitting there thinking, it looks like these guys have never played football before. But then we go to Man City and we look imperious. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you before the end of the season is over, we will look like that team that played against Sheffield United mm-hmm. again. And that, by the end of it, sums this team up in terms of, I cannot be fully satisfied until I actually think there's progress. And Ed Woodward can say everything he wants to say about, oh, I'm seeing definite signs of progress. He can speak and run his mouth, what have you, right? I truly think that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has brought us as long as, as far as he can. I think he has progressed the club. I think that, you know, we are a bit more harmonious, and that's a wanky term, but in terms of the locker room, in terms mm-hmm. of the general vibe, if I'm honest with you, in terms of the... Um, and even the style of play at times feels a bit better. And, uh, you know, I, I do think things have improved under Solskjaer. But I think this is as good as it gets. He's got his and limitations, I, hasn't he? And he's going to take you where you're saying now. And I don't, I don't think, well, I know, actually, that I don't want for him to figure out how to become a consistent top-level manager on the job, if I'm honest with you. Um, it's not very. I don't think United, we have the time. We don't have the time to do it because what I think people kind of forget here is that we've got some of the so we've got some really good footballers at this club, and footballers have a quite a short shelf life, and you don't want to waste them. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. want to waste them, and I do think we need to get someone in who could really go in and figure this out because um, Ollie's kind of done. He's done a lot of the. He's he's managed to erase a lot of the harm done by Mourinho and that. And I think we're actually at quite a good place. And I think it's now time for someone to come in to 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 move it on. Uh, That's my overriding feeling. There's a level of similarities with kind of what happened at Chelsea then, because Sari did the the culture and and the feeling about the club uh, from player level to fans um, after the Sari experience was really poor. Um, There was. Uh, kind of a ill feeling within the fan base and Frank comes in Lampard comes in and obviously the fans are immediately on side because he is a club legend um, and there was a time also where you kind of got to look at the positivity of bringing through a lot of these younger players that have been given the opportunity uh, through Lampard and it did get to a time where it was very evident um, much more evident than what it was with Ollie for what it's worth uh, but very evident that um, Frank wasn't going to cut it to get to the next level. Um, and then obviously Tuchel comes in and sort of reaps the rewards of um, the job that Frank did in terms of healing that club and bringing through these younger players. And obviously the transfer window that came before, which I don't think you can really credit Frank Lampard too much with. Um, I kind of think that you're probably in a similar situation now with Oli that you, you're 100% right. That I remember Manchester United uh, towards the back end of Jose's time, it was cancerous. That's how toxic had got at that club mm. it was you could just see um the, the videos would be leaking wouldn't they from the training ground of jose just getting into it with pogba and you could feel that the dressing room was completely split because pogba is an influential individual there'll be a lot of players within that dressing room that really warm to that guy because he's got a personality that i think that you will warm to and when you see uh, your manager being a dick to him all the time, you're going to be turned off. And Oli came in and he, he has sorted that. There does seem a harmony. You know, the, the dressing room certainly seems more harmonious. Um, and I think that also they do seem to be trending in the right place. But I think you're right as well. There, there will come a point that do do you genuinely believe that Oli can topple Pep and Man City? You know, do we genuinely believe that he's capable of going the extra mile? Because we're not talking about 
mid 80 points being a, you're going to have to hit 90 right you go to win the Premier League that's what we're seeing over the last three four seasons is that you're going to have to hit 90 points to win this league and do we think that Oli's ever going to find uh, the pattern and and solve the puzzle to be able to do that I, I really don't believe and I, I've always felt that United have got a really good group of players I think they could do with a bit extra depth and maybe a bit more magic in places I think that sometimes when you look at I don't want to shit on Dan James because he's actually been really good for United recently, but Dan James lacks a bit of that um, magic touch that a Jaden Sancho or whoever you want to shove in there can offer. Um, and I always kind of feel there's a bit of lack in depth probably coming into that position, something that United can obviously address. I'd like a, my, my, my main wish, well, there's a couple of wishes I've got, and I'm going off topic, Lee, I apologise. Yeah, I'm sorry whatever okay good fine um in terms of united i think there's a couple of issues that i want to address in the summer ideally and this will be a, what well, what woodward does this summer goes a long way into how much i believe in this project mm. basically um cavani's off to Boca. yes yeah, so accounts um don't blame him it's what a fantastic place to play football yeah um absolutely absolutely fair enough i look, look i mean i've He's only been here a short time, but I love the man. His hair is glorious. And uh, following on Instagram, he's just a lovely, lovely, lovely human being. Top, top, top professional. Top bloke. Um, shame that he ain't staying around, but it does force our hound into doing something, which is nice. I want... Well, I don't know, I say I want... But then so is that not a fault then break. of Ollie? then? Is that not another fault of Ollie then for not keeping a professional like Cavani I, 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 happy? He, I know, I know he's pushing accounts, on a bit. By, by all accounts, he wants to go, and it's probably a family thing as much as anything. We've seen before that these South Americans come over, and they do struggle a little bit in the north of England. Uh, certainly, you look at the Di Maria situation. Now, he hasn't quite got to that extent. I just think it's probably at his age, um, he's probably getting some pressure to go home. And I know that, obviously, Argentina is not home because Uruguay is home, but it's just not closer than than Manchester is um, for that and the opportunity to like you say play at Boca for to see out your career yeah that's, that's pretty much as good as it's going to get right yeah and I, I so, sorry think Mike, that I say carry on with your wishes no no it's fine it's fine well, I'd like a I'd, yeah, I'd like a I'd like a striker to come in a, an actual centre forward because I think we know that Martial yeah. is not that no he's not that um, nor is Rashford no whatever Greenwood's going to be I don't know if it's going to be a centre forward either um the I would like a centre half. Um, Bailey Bowl accounts can't be trusted to play more than one game a week. Um, Lindelof, I, I read on a forum the other day that people reckon he's improved under Solskjaer. Like, what have they been watching? I don't. I don't know about this at all. Some games he looks. I mean, again against City, we looked fairly. You know, we looked good, and he was pretty good. But the, that, I always that sort thought of game is perfect a, for him because he's yeah. not going to get bullied against. Hayes against a team like that, him. against a team like that, Lindelof is fine. You stick him against Everton, against Calvert-Lewin, and I'm like, nah, man, he's just going to get beaten up. Um, so I would like a better centre-half. Um, I think full-backs, I think we're fine. You've got yep. Shaw and Tellez. Shaw is somehow... The, he's like created, like, in terms of all of Europe... He's like second for chances created, isn't he? Of all the players or something mad like this. You it's a crazy stat. You could argue that Tellez was probably one of your best bits of business because I, it's, yeah. pushed, it's pushed on Shaw. No, absolutely. He, yeah. he certainly should be in the, in the conversation just for the motivation that it seems to have sparked in Luke Shaw. I think that we're finally seeing the player that Manchester United invested £35 million in uh, at 18 years old. I'm delighted for him, by the way. 
because yeah. Luke Shaw seems like a really good guy. Um, and be it that horrible injury that he's taken this long or, or other factors, he seems to have found himself... He still doesn't make sense, if that makes sense. He doesn't look like a fullback, right? And, but the thing is, I don't think he's ever going to look like a fullback. I can't get over how quick he is. He doesn't look like he should move fast. And he certainly doesn't look like he should move fast and have endurance when he looks like Luke Shaw. It's, it is baffling to watch, but really happy for the kid. But certainly, like, um, he's right up there in the best left backs in Europe, undoubtedly, this season. Can, yeah. can, I, just, um, can I ask one more question then, Mike? Um, can you give me an update on um, Donny van der Beek? Where is he? Because you're talking about transfers. Is he, is he potentially being shifted out? I, I literally He's don't literally know. He's literally not playing. My, my, my next thing that I wanted to say was I uh, I want a ball-playing centre midfielder. Mm. And there, there you go, you've got one. This is it, right? Uh, <laughs> um, look, I, I want a player more in the Carrick, maybe a Tonali mode, right? A bit of a deeper-lying playmaker kind of person who can pull the strings a bit. I'm not sure Van der Beek's that kind of player, um, if I'm honest. But it does beg the question that he's come in as an understudy to uh, Bruno Fernandes, essentially, right? Because he's yeah. basically playing in the number 10. We have ran Bruno Fernandes into dust, in, in, into, into absolute <laughs> dust. I feel so sorry for Bruno Fernandes. Honest, I cannot tell you. He's my favourite player at the club by a million miles, obviously just because he's really good. But at the same time, that guy needs a fucking rest, man. And I, you've got I, a think guy. The, I think the issue is, is probably Bruno himself, though. I don't think he allows himself to be rested. He's got that sort of mentality about him. He that's, doesn't like it. And that's awful management then, isn't it? Yeah. This is, like, and, this, and again, this comes from... Uh, and this is always one of them sneaking suspicions with Ollie is that I don't know how much of a hard manager he is. Because like, he's the guy that basically comes out every week and says, oh, Rashi's a good guy. Rashi is a good guy. And it's like, I don't care if he's a good guy. He's been genuinely disgusting for months now. Like, drop the guy. Do not play him. He needs time away from football for like like in the old days. Fergie would go go up to Ronaldo. And I'm not comparing Ronaldo and Rashford, but he'd go and give him winter off. He'd go go on all the go back to Portugal for three weeks, sort your head out, come back recharged. And Ronaldo would literally do this every year. He'd go off and fuck off on holiday for a while. Like do the same. Go and manage Rashford. Say to him, "You're not playing because you're playing poorly. You're playing poorly. Go away. Get your head right." Because that's what I think. I think Rashford needs a fucking break more yeah. than anything else. And it's just, I think it's just poor. I think it's poor management on his behalf there. Maybe we don't have the players, but maybe then you put Marshall left, you put Greenwood or um, Cavani up front. And on the right, we've been playing Dan James anyway. Just play him now. We've still got Matter hanging around. You know, just you play the squad. We've been awful with, with our squad game this year as well. Um, mm. Definitely. But I'd like, I'd like a ball-playing centre midfielder as well because I think the Fred McTominay, McTominay showed against City, that guy can't pass the ball for Toffee and it does it does wind me up a little bit. And I would also say as well, um, my takeaway from the game was that Jam, uh, that Jam James, Dan James was anonymous. Like I felt in terms, yeah. when I say anonymous, like he was the least effective player on the pitch for Manchester United, I thought. Um, yeah. And as Wood said, you know, or it was yourself, I don't know. They, they, there's an obvious upgrade in that position somewhere. There is, yeah. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention, you kind of touched upon it as well earlier with um, with Henderson over De Gea. Again, my takeaway from the game was, I, you know, I appreciate he set he set up the goal pretty much like you know in terms of to the throw out to Luke Shaw, but he had a couple of moments where I didn't think his handling was great or his his saves 
created more danger, I felt. Like, they, they weren't effective saving, if that makes sense. I mean, statistically, last season when he was playing regularly, he was the best keeper in the league, right? His numbers in terms of performance, I think, were right up there at the top end. You've got to remember that a goalkeeper consistency is king. I think they had um, Rob Green on TV, I think, uh, last night with the, the Monday Night Football. And I think he sort of was even mentioned as much that with a goalkeeper, a lot of the times you do need to keep the consistency going so they can kind of play them themselves in and maintain a level of form. I, I, I like Dean Henderson. Um, I think that, you know, I've, I have seen rumours that United are looking at Jan Oblak. Great, but he's going to cost €100 million. Euros. That makes no fucking sense to Manchester United to spend €100 million Euros in that position, right? It just does. It's like it's like the position we're stocked in, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, like, exactly. Um, with, 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 with Henderson, I will say, the aspect that I enjoyed the most, because I, I kind of was Wood said, in terms of handling... I think that does come with consistency, having a clear run of games. What I was impressed with him about is that I haven't seen a United... And I love Dave, right? Do not get me mm. wrong. He's been a fantastic footballer for United. What I will say is, though, is that I haven't seen him come for a cross or dominate a box for his entire time here. Henderson is not afraid to go in and put his hands and body on the line to go and get a ball. Um in terms of corners coming in, he was going for them. And, you know, I mean, like he has far more of a presence in terms of being a proactive goalkeeper than De Gea, and I think that does actually help settle that defence a little it bit more. It makes a big difference. And probably it does make pretty, a difference. I was going to say as well because we're probably going to talk about it later. Sorry, to interrupt Woods, but England's number one at the moment is Pickford, and he, that is literally his weakest aspect of his game is dominating yeah. a box, mm. and teams yeah. prey on it. And if it, Henderson was, you know, maybe we'll discuss it when we do our Euro 11. Henderson could be their option. But um, like I said, I, I just kind of wanted to put it out there. It was just like a quick takeaway for me in terms of... I appreciate well, just, the angle that you're coming from, you know. I've just spent like fucking half now talking about it, so I apologise. There's a lot of things coming out of it. Um, you guys know exactly where I stand on you going to sell show, right? Um, Indian, right? <laughs> <laughs> what was that date um, again? The, the 7th of January? 26th of January, yeah. There you go. So yeah, like and that, that's, that's me. So what I'm going to do now is, right, what I'm going to do now is, uh, we haven't talked about this before, I'm going to wrestle the reins away from Mr. Collard, okay? And you've got Pundit Cardin- or a uh, host Puck Cardinal that's coming back for this segment, okay? How do you like that? Far, far wow. away. Take, take it away. Should- Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to let you finish. Um, he has literally been here for years as well. Exactly. Um, so, game, game yesterday, yeah? Monday Night Football, Chelsea-Everton. Obviously, a win for the boys in blue. Oh, which ones? That's Chelsea. Because you both play in blue, I've heard. Now, oh, I'll we, we, we're in our bathroom fetching. green. A bath- <laughs> Dude, Minty that French. kit looks so dope, man. It's a cool kit. I fucking love that kit. You need to get in that kit. Prefer, you should get that I kit. I prefer the yellow kit. You could, you could put Ronald. I just, I just, I just think nine, you, yeah, you, put, you put a sexy player, they're like Hammers, and yeah, fair enough. You put, uh, I don't know, a fucking... Sigurdsson or Sigurdsson as Woods would say and I'd be like nah Sigurdsson's got a certain look to him Sigurdsson's quite a handsome guy well, what are you got, on about you've definitely got worse looking players right Davies <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly I mean, come on well, um, Dave, so yeah. Davies would rock that with a pair of purple slippers though for sure and a skateboard yeah. 
<laughs> and a hairnet for some reason. Um, so obviously two 0 to Chelsea. Um, the only thing I've heard, I didn't see the game. This is why I'm choosing not to be a pundit on it. Um, is that I heard that Havertz played well. Um, before we go to the Chelsea side of things, because I'm going to assume, much like I did with Man United, Woods is going to want to do a little bit of nattering about this. <laughs> I'd like to go to Lee. Um, obviously Everton. Uh, doing all right, sixth in the table. Me and Woods actually did our own predictions. Uh, we ran our predictions league, right? So we basically put in scores up until the end of the season to see kind of, okay, where we think things are going to happen, who's going to finish where. Uh, I believe I had Everton hitting fifth, if I remember I correctly. Fourth. I had them don't, fifth. don't tell me I had them fourth. I'm just getting it up now. What if you had them fourth it. and one had them fifth? Like, I had them fifth on goal difference. That's it. That's I had them fourth. I had them fourth. So yeah, my so my top four ended up being Man City on ninety five, Man United on eighty, Chelsea seventy one, Everton seventy, uh, Leicester sixty eight. Woods had uh, uh, Man City ninety five, Man United eighty, Chelsea seventy three, Leicester sixty eight, Everton sixty eight. Obviously, the goal difference for Leicester being the uh, thing ahead. Both, but you know, both of us have Everton ahead of Spurs, which is always amusing. Um, now, on that performance last night, Lee, um, do you think that you're going to get European football next year? Before I answer that question, can you both confirm to me if you have predicted Everton to beat Chelsea or in part no. of this predictions table? No, I had Chelsea. Win. No. Okay. Uh, Chelsea winning as well. Um, and then you have also your question was: Do you see us winning or getting in European football? Champions League? No, it's just it's just a no no. I've said it all along. We we don't. I don't know. We just don't play the football that says that we're going to do that. I feel like you know if there's a comparable team at the moment, it'll be potentially West Ham, but they're being more effective when they're going forward as well as being sort of defensively quite solid. I feel like with Everton, we just make one or two chances clear-cut chances a game and if we don't take them that's it we're, we're struggling and I what this is the crazy thing sorry to interrupt West Ham have got Dawson at the back who is supposedly <laughs> shoring that defence up and Lingard going forward who's so they're, they're just, I'm, I'm, I'm confused I'm so confused about what's going on in the world you know it's, I mean? like, it's a bizarre strange. time to be alive isn't it like um, I didn't actually watch the West Ham game um, Dawson scored I though had, I, had, I had the updates coming through and it was like Lingard scored and I'm like for fuck's sake again are you kidding me and then Dawson like, Dawson <laughs> again what the hell's going on it's like the year 2021 and these boys are like showing out for West Ham um I know where you're coming from, Lee. I do. I do think that I do think they're quite similar teams, West Ham and Everton. I think that's a very fair comparison. I really do. You, you commented during the game. Um, obviously, we were talking about it last night. That Everton looked very defensively solid, and there is there's no doubt about it. We are organised, but ultimately, Chelsea won the game yesterday thanks to two defensive mistakes. Godfrey, obviously, you can maybe say that was a bit harsh to say it's a mistake or it's an error because you know he couldn't really do too much about it. No. And the the penalty with Pickford, you know, again we discussed it. We we, we yeah. see it time and time again. All the players got to do is knock the ball around the goalkeeper yeah, and just make sure there's the some form of contact, and yeah. you've got yourself a penalty. But Everton have, like I said over, I said earlier, yeah, over the course of like the last several games, bar in the Fulham game, I think we we've always we look defensively solid, but I feel like it negates then our our attack. Basically, if if you want to play against Everton. Stop the ball going into the box, i.e. from across. So whether it be set pieces, don't give away set pieces. Don't give away crosses to Luca Digne on the left. 
And, and you, you're almost halfway there because that's what Everton's goals predominantly this season. I think we've got the most headed goals in the league, um, in the in the Premier League, and that's because that's literally we were a presence in the box. So when it comes to set pieces, like with the likes of Michael Keane and Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Yerry Mina, we, we're we're going to look good. Other than that, I think our open play is it's still it's still it's not it's not top four material. And I think given the season that we're in, sorry, Mike, two seconds. I think just given the season that we're in, I feel like. We're a bit fortuitous to be there in that position, and I think maybe last, if you know, we've progressed from last year, but I wouldn't say it's massive progressions. And I feel like it's just because of the way the league is that it makes us look better. Uh, and to be honest with you, I think that's the case for several teams. Um, if, I, if I'm being brutally honest, Man United being one of them. Um, put, it the, put it this way: um, it just takes a couple of losses, and we go from looking like yeah, well, you know, the, fourth or fifth. We've talked about this. The, the the table is incredibly tight. Um, it's been a tight table all year. Um, the question I have for you, though, is obviously: I mean, look, we've talked about um, the fact that Calvert Lewin. I've said all along, right, I'm not a big fan of Dominic Calvert Lewin. I will not deny he's effective. But when he was rumoured to come into Man United, I'm dead against it because it means that our football turns into lump it in the box football. Exactly. I I, I don't want to see that, right? And that's 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 the main reason of not being, you know, I was against that kind of stuff with with Everton, with a team that consists of James Rodriguez, um, who's been in and out of the side quite a lot lately. Being, out, being in and out of the side, I, what what I, what I would ask you then is, what do you need? Like, what areas of strength are you looking at? Because I'm looking through that team, and look, I agree, defensively, pretty solid. I hate the goalkeeper. Like, I despise the goalkeeper. Don't we all? But I think, in terms of your centre-halves, I think you're up there with the best... With, with, with Woods some, Woods one of the best. Woods covered last week, or the week yep. before. Fullbacks, I think you're incredibly strong there, with Luca Dinia, especially. Who um, signed a new contract, fair enough. Exactly. Good, really, That's good a really good then. bit of business for Everton. I think in midfield, in terms of the defensive side of things, I think being able to have the likes of Alain, that's right, Alain, Alain. 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 Uh, and, and Decore, I think that's strength. Who we strength, missed last night. Who you missed, missed last Decore, night. Yeah. I always think when I look at Everton, and it is the going forward aspect, because when you've got Calvert-Lewin up front, who is a trier, um, that's what I'll say about him. He's a trier and he's a, and he's a presence. But wing play, I think, has let you guys down for years. Um, and I don't know what Everton now need to do with this. Ancelotti is a world-class coach, right? Um, he's, his, teams, he hasn't, his teams weren't playing Route 1 when he was at other clubs. Do you know what I mean? What needs to happen he, next? He, he's adapted, for sure, to, to yeah. play to his strengths with Everton. And like I said, you know, ultimately is getting the ball out wide to Luca Digne because that, that's literally, that's our outlet. When we've got Mason Holgate playing right back, it was noticeable. I mean, from the, what I did watch last night, anything that got to him, the crosses into the box were, were poor. Um, you can argue... Well, does this, does, well, does this evolve now? We're, now that Ancelotti is... Well, uh, the longer he's there, the more you'd like to think he's going to imprint a better style of football on, on the team. Now, does that include DCL? Does that mean that you're going to have to go and buy some better players? No, I, I think I think he likes DCL for what it's worth. I think he he has really taken to him. Um, so I don't feel like he he's going to be looking particularly for another striker or not certain maybe competition for DCL. But I feel like DCL is his man. I feel like as you said, it's it's the wings. 
You got Richard. You talk about uh, Rashford being inconsistent. Richarlison is the ultimate Mister Inconsistent. And I know you've been saying that for quite. I know some you've time, been bro. saying it for for a while. And he he, he was on, most he, non-Brazilian Brazilian I think I've ever seen. He was on a purple patch up until last night. I think he scored he like was. six and seven or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, been banging him in. And he had Everton's best chance, and he and he, he, and he missed. But um, you know, I don't want to single out. I feel like you know, poor old Awobi. He's just not. He's not that guy. You know, he's a 35, 40 million pound player that's on our books uh, uh, for fifty million. Now shut it? up. Um, Everton fifty million. <laughs> Everton thirty five million. Um, Dude, your next, your next guy. Right, I guarantee you're going to replace Iwobi with Pepe. Isn't it? It's going to happen. <laughs> oh God. But, but they, honestly, they, 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 that's my answer. Like, and I think you said it as well. It's, it's, the, it's the wingers, the wing play. Yeah. I still got aspiration for Zaha. I still feel like he could be prized away from from Palace. I think yeah. this might be the summer. Put it this way, yeah. It's, it's, this is a, it's the summer where Zaha does leave Palace, but it's whether Everton have the, I don't know, the attractability to to get him, and that obviously all depends on Carlo Ancelotti. It's Carlo fucking Ancelotti. It all depends on what other clubs go for him as well, though. Um, I, I've got to say, I don't, I, I don't think know anyone else. I don't think his options. Like Arsenal aren't because they're spent out in that position. Chelsea aren't, United aren't, Liverpool aren't, City aren't. All of a sudden, you're kind of like looking at this go, well, Everton, Everton are the team there. Like like me and Mike, yeah, legitimately, I didn't go through that and be like, oh, I'd really like Everton to finish top four. I was going through that legitimately. Um, and kind of going back to your point, I understand where you're coming from. Um, it's not free-flowing football, but fuck me, Everton are difficult to play against. And you don't lose many games when you have a defence that is so... Uh, difficult to play uh, against as Chelsea found last night it was just a couple of moments and Chelsea are a really good football team in really good form right now so I, I don't really think you can judge Everton on last night at all I, I hear uh, the fact from, that they, they're reliant on set pieces a lot of teams are reliant on set pieces uh, Everton don't concede and then they've got two guys who are willing to put their head on the ball uh, that's the, just the two forward players it, it does give you opportunities to play a certain style of football it's not going to be champagne football it's fine but it is a step in the right direction you're completely right by the way um, Awobi is never going to be the guy right he, he always looks to come inside first and I think that um, you need to find a winger a player that has the ability to beat a man, but also be able to kind of deliver a ball as well from that side, because Digne is delivering from the left hand. You haven't got fuck all going down the right, uh, which then ends up with just basically getting the ball to Digne and hoofing it in over and over. I know where Mike is coming from with Calvert-Lewin. I, I think there is a limitation there, but I think that he, he's a player that if you get good players around him, he's probably going to be able to score enough goals. Um, it's just the surrounding talent, right? And you took a big step in the right direction because it's been um, window after window after window, pissing money up the wall. Um, you basically had the UK government doing your transfer business, it's felt like. And this summer, finally, <laughs> finally you got your ducks in a row and you kind of bought in, as you say, it's two semi-fielders in Alan and uh, Decore. That is a stable, midfield with a stable defence because Godfrey came in this summer as well right that's correct yeah what bit of business it is because I really like Ben Godfrey I really, I really like do. him as well he's been um, our player of the year I think him and Decore yeah, like um, Man, yeah, but then, and that's the thing you'd have maybe said you'd have maybe said a couple of months ago that it was Michael Keane that was your player of the year yeah he's exactly. Michael, another player he's been the most improved. improved he's been the most improved I'd say they're, they're not going to put up um you know, Spurs are so streaky because of the players they got in the final third, right? Um, but your back line and midfield, to me, is, is better than what Spurs have. And 
When it does come to crunch time, Everton don't lose games, but Spurs can get turned over. And that may well be the difference when it comes to getting Champions League football. I, I, I think they're in the race. Basically, what I took away from what me and Mikey did, which was just a bit of fun on a Monday afternoon, um, is that Everton are legitimate contenders for it. Will they get it? Won't they get it? It's going to be very tight. It's going to come all the way. A lot will depend on how Leicester go, right? I think that's kind of where we're looking at. Because right now, the top four are... I think the two Manchester clubs are gone. I think Chelsea will probably continue to kind of push on um, and probably secure one of those spots. It'll be down to um, what happens with Leicester. Can Everton maintain a level of form to kind of keep picking up results? And what's going on with West Ham, right? Let's not sleep on them. But the other thing with Leicester as well, I mean, one of the things that, I mean, certainly I didn't foresee. And, you know, I've been on this show a number of years now and I can accept when things, when things that I've said are wrong. <laughs> we got an apology. Out, is there a second apology coming right? up? T- turns out that Ian Acho is the greatest number 10 that the world has ever seen. Uh, I didn't see it. I couldn't believe it happened because every time I've seen him play over the last year, he's been fucking diabolical. Turns I, can't, I genuinely baffled. Check the old scores. Ian Acho scored. Interesting. Check the old scores. Oh, Ian Acho scored again. What's going on here? Like, how? Nice goals as well. Good finishes. Yeah, this is it. They're decent goals. Their winner at the weekend was the most fortuitous winner <laughs> I've seen, though. Like, the ball comes he from the corner. Know. The keeper flaps and he just hits him and goes in I mean you take your luck right you take your luck but they they didn't deserve the win at the weekend I thought um, Brighton were the better team again and for, just- and for what it's worth and this is why uh, when I was going through the predictions of, of everything like I'm still not I, I can't bring myself to be convinced by Leicester no. I just I just can't do it and I just think from a, I don't rate a lot of their players so into I don't think he's very good I think he's overrated I like the goalkeeper like the goalkeeper is where Leicester destroy you guys yeah. uh, from a Schmeichel Pickford perspective and I think Vardy is going to score you maybe a more a variety of goals than maybe a Calvert-Lewin is um, and I think that maybe across the pitch there's more of maybe uh, an unpredictability with Leicester in terms of playing football but I think in terms of winning games grinding out results being difficult to play against uh, getting the old 1-0 I think Everton are Mate, a better team in that regard bear in mind what I had to go through last season especially after lockdown where we literally just didn't want to compete at all it's, it's nice to see yeah. us actually competing on the, on the pitch you know and actually put, trying to put up a fight so I, I do appreciate that I acknowledge that it's just you know how sustainable is that over a course of a season on maybe this season yeah potentially moving forward I'm not, I'm not so sure and that's sure. where and that's yeah. where the summer but, um, comes into play, right? It, so, well, let's go. I, I, sh- shut let's up, Lee. Let's have some Chelsea talk because we need sh- to get shut out of up, the way. Shut, shut up, Lee. Okay. <laughs> I am I'm, in control here. I'm the Woods. captain now. <laughs> Woods. Let's have some Chelsea talk. Yeah. And uh, how... So, I was like, right. Two shell, still unbeaten. T squared. Um, Claude. <laughs> Claude. Claude, you know... Um, is you mentioned a minute ago that Everton, you know, aren't exactly playing the champagne football. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you is: having seeing as I didn't watch the game last night, and I haven't really seen too much of Chelsea, if I'm being completely honest with you, since Tuchel took over. Um, is there signs of champagne football? Are you happy with what's going on? I know that defensively things are looking a lot better, a lot, lot better. Yeah. But do you feel like you are are building that base for? potentially the likes of Werner Havertz and a lot of them to, to shine. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely positive uh, moments in play for sure. Um, it's it's not kind of like that accelerating football. It's certainly not that. It's, Chelsea Chelsea played the game against Everton um, and they sort of like a 
boa constrictor in many ways. They just controlled and they, they just continued to apply pressure and apply pressure and apply pressure. And eventually, uh, there was just a momentary lapse of Everton's backline that Chelsea took advantage of. And that's kind of what they're playing at the moment. It's, it's, it's not exhilarating football, but I, f- I do feel that the style is starting to pick up. Um, Havertz finally deployed in the false nine. And I think it's probably something that Tuchel's wanted to do for a while, but he's had to wait for Havertz to find himself, to be honest. I think that it, that price tag is always going to be a wait. We've seen that FX players, but I think there's more to it. He's a, a kid that's come over in the middle of a pandemic to live in a different city. He caught COVID. He was laid up with it and everything that comes with that. But um, he, he did, he took, for what it's worth, for the first five minutes, I thought he was playing a different game to everyone else and not in a positive sense. Um, he seemed to be making uh, runs where no one was passing the ball and he seemed to be delaying on the ball quite a lot, kind of um, just dwelling on it. And play would be going on behind him and he's still holding on to the ball. But then something just kicked in and, um, you know, sometimes it just takes a moment that something goes your way, something positive happens and he, he did kick on from there and it did work really well. And what he offers that the other two in that position offer is um, Giroud can't run in behind, right? We know that. He's got no pace. And what Manchester United did was like, against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge last weekend, was like, he ain't going to run in behind us, so we're going to push high. Uh, because we haven't got that threat. But the thing is, you do that against Havertz, he has got pace to him to get him behind. So teams have got to be honest with that. And what he's got, obviously, over Tammy is um, touch and uh, ability. I don't want to say ability broadly, <laughs> but he's got an ability that um, Tammy doesn't have. You know, he's he can run with the ball more gracefully. He's uh, a better at finding opportunity. And he is as strong in the air as... In fact, he's probably stronger in the air than Tammy Abraham for, because Tammy, for being six foot four, is pretty woeful. So uh, real promising signs there. Um, Werner, Werner had a couple of chances and just straight Werner'd them up. Um, it's... It's 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 painful, mate. Um, he's going to kill us in, in important games. He will. It's, it's it concerns me a lot. Idea for a new uh, for, for for a segment is a, a list of all of Chelsea's striker flops. Because my <laughs> God, there's been a lot of them over there. The has years, been bro. a lot, mate. There has been a lot. Um, I remember back when the money came in and we we bought that bargain signing and Matteo Kersman with all his goals that he scored in the Eredivisie. Um, so you Mate, know, Adrian Mutu, who then Adrian decided Mutu. to coke his way around the world. Yeah, Adrian Mutu. Uh, he is on the back of my Chelsea. Did you sign Casaragi as well? Casaragi. Oh, he, he, he got. A I nine. don't care. That's still. Uh, you know what I mean, I feel for the guy. But Casaragi um, struggled for a moment as well. I mean, Shevchenko obviously is the Shevchenko, famous one. Yeah. You Torres. had fucking Fal- Falcao Torres. Torres. It shouldn't be forgotten that Drogba did struggle. Pato. Uh, Pato. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy bucked the trends, mate. Jimmy turned up and he banged goals for fun. Um, so give me another one of those. Um, but other players that deserve applaud, it's um, Andreas Christensen. I've written off multiple times because so I, think he's, tweet. <laughs> I think <laughs> he is straight soft in my eyes, right? I, I, he, he has got... What is it? Uh, mentality midgets is what Carragher described Liverpool as the, the weekend. And a lot of the times I watch Christensen and I'm like, that's that fucking guy. Uh, you can bully him. L- Lindelof, right? Lindelof, that's what he is. But he seems to have turned up and he fancies it. And at the heart of that defence, in a free, in a free, I should mention, because I still don't, I'll believe it when I see it in a partnership, because I don't think he can do it. Um, he deserves some uh, credit because he is the last line of defence and he has made some important interceptions and. He's extremely comfortable on the ball as well. Um, Jorginho, 
plays that position comfortable. He had had a couple of moments against Liverpool. I, I, I know. We, we, I know you probably wouldn't have a laugh at Jorginho, but for what it's worth, from what I watched of the game, I thought Jorginho was probably the best player in the park in terms of keeping yeah. control of it. I know. So we're, we're so with Jorginho, right? The one, the only thing I've seen of the game is that obviously in classic 2021 football fan fashion after the game i just saw obviously Jorginho was a boss he was the oh. he was the he was the, he, you know he, he rolls royce for player and i saw someone made a compilation of his every touch in the game <laughs> and when you look at it like that it's like you, you lose all context yeah. and it literally is Jorginho receives the ball he passes the ball and that's basically all you see obviously i'm going to assume because it looked like every other Jorginho compilation i've ever seen of man receives ball man then passes the ball 5 yards to someone else but I can only assume that he was essentially dictating it. Because there was no one running behind him. No one made him turn. You know, no one made him do his weaknesses. You know, he can't turn and run and... But he can pass a ball. We all know he can do that. And that's what he he was... He was given the luxury to do that. benefits from also playing in a free, I think you can argue, because he's got that extra cushion, right? That he can kind of do what he wants to do without the pressure of, if I fuck this... We are royally fucked. Um, but yeah, I think Dude, he deserves credit I, I, as well. I always think so a player like that, uh, I will always find space for a what, register is the mm, yeah. footballing term for it, right? I, I, in my eyes, I will always find space in my team for a player of that quality who can dictate player ball, uh, can manipulate space in that sense. I will always, though, play them in a three because they need that protection. Mm. You need to give them the space. I, I liken it to a quarterback, right? And you like, where, where with a quarterback, your offensive linesmen are there to basically make sure that no one's touching this guy. They're there to basically give him the space he needs to do the job, right? Is that is that mm. correct? Have I used an So, yeah, I mean, basically, it's, 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 it's kind of a little bit different because um, I guess Damn his it. covering guy is that... Um, that we've got three defenders behind him in many ways. Oh, yeah, Unless, yeah, okay. you know, the kind of, obviously, the both, um, well, mainly Aspel Equator, he'll get on. Um, Zuma was sitting, I think, a lot deeper last night, probably. I think Everton were playing in a, a front two most of the time as well. Is that kind of what they've been doing? But, look, overall, I'm really happy. Um, but because- I like what I'm saying is I like, if we're going to play or Jorginho, like one of the things mm-hmm. I've seen with him when he's looked poor is that he's looked exposed. Yes, and yes. It's not, it's not, to be honest, it's not necessarily that he's got guys behind him in terms of defense is that it's he's too easy to press and that they're, they're like there's spare men on the opposition team that can basically do a job on him because you stick someone on him he, he struggles yeah, more no, often that, you, than you're not. 100% correct um, and, that's and what i'm kind of getting at is if you can set up to the point where you manipulate space so that he can find space on the ball then he can work you. very well. I've I got think. you now. I, I'm, I'm now there and you're 100% right. Because that is a lot of what Chelsea do with the ball. They do base, They play out from the back and it is. it gives me great anxiety watching it a lot of the times because... Uh, I, you know, like uh, as Granite Xhaka showed at the weekend, <laughs> when it goes wrong, it goes hilariously wrong. Um, That's the benefit Chelsea, of not having Arsenal players. It is true. Like The, the problem is, is that Xhaka took a dreadful touch and then just spanked it out of Burnley player where I think that players with better quality would uh, take the pass on first time as he should have done. But yeah, well, my, my favourite thing was the Spanish commentator. Chris Wood! 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 That was, <laughs> I enjoyed that a great deal. I'm not going to But um, yeah, it's all feeling really positive. Um, like the team as a whole look like they're benefiting from individual tactical advice 
Uh, Tuchel is constantly on people's cases when they're not playing. Oh, I noticed that from watching the game. All you can hear is Tuchel. It's because he's deranged. He's a fucking <laughs> psychopath, mate. Honestly, the guy gives me the creeps. Like yeah. he, he is the guy that is basically followed by the headline and then he turns the gun on himself. Like that's that's Tuchel. <laughs> like he's going to end in bloodshed for this guy. I swear. Like... Yeah. Careful is all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I've, yeah, uh, but top four looks, it looks on, right? I think that, that, that I feel, this is probably the first time I actually feel confident about it. It's taken a while. I really wasn't confident going into last night's game. I, I saw the numbers about haven't won since 94 and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's due then, isn't uh, it? That's basically what's in my mind. Yeah. But then also you've got to think that the thing, Everton and Chelsea have a weird... Um, so it's not a rivalry, but it's a weird um, result list because Chelsea have completely bossed the games at Stamford Bridge. In fact, I was there the day that Everton came close to breaking that. Where is it? Funes Mori scored um, the Argentinian guy that mm. gave the bet. Um, I was there when John Terry scored like that ninety-six minute equaliser. Um, that was in our season where we were fucking dreadful. Um, but no, you love that, Lee. Eh? Don't even remember. We, yeah, John Terry scored a late win. <laughs> a raise from memory. <laughs> Remote goes through TV. Um, it's funny when you look back at it, because I think that was Tuchel's most complete performance, or most complete performance under Tuchel, I was to say. Uh, Conte's best performance um, was against Everton. That was the one where uh, Motson waxed lyrical against uh, about Chelsea's performance. That was the best performance in Premier League history. Uh, Frank Lampard's best performance yeah, was against Everton. <laughs> Bridge. And it's, it's funny like how many of these performances, um, the best performances for a, ma- a Chelsea manager have come there. But equally at Goodison, we've got a fucking awful record there. I hate going to Goodison. I went to Goodison once. We lost, uh, and it's a long way to come home. But it's um, yeah, it is a funny thing with with Chelsea and Everton. Um, as I say, I don't think you can judge Everton on last night's result. Um, it's a tough place to go, um, and I think they a rejuvenated Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. I, had it been Lampard's Chelsea, I'm sure Ancelotti would have been rubbing his hands. <laughs> but um, I think a lot of managers are probably disappointed about the fact that it's. I mean. Yeah, I'm sure that any manager that was pushing for top four before the change is probably frustrated that that's happened. It's been an hour, boys, and we haven't got to the uh, the fun segment, shall we say? Am I allowed to take the reins we'll back? Fly, we'll fly. We'll, we'll fly through it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you boys, you make me crack up. Fly through it, they say. Fly through it. Okay. Well, we kind of alluded to it already. I think you know, in, during the show, we've touched upon a couple of times that basically we're going to do an England eleven. You know, on based on current form. I'd say the question arose after we were watching or during the game, the United City game, when um, I didn't, I wasn't aware that Wan-Bissaka still isn't a full international for England, and therefore he could still technically, I think, is it Democratic Republic of Congo? Congo. Yeah, he can right. still play for them. Which it, it, I've and I remarked in the group in the WhatsApp group, this will be a travesty because basically our England's number one right back at the moment is Trent Alexander-Arnold, and he is just way out of form at the moment yeah. yeah and there's there's easily two or three right backs that are way better than him uh, in terms of current form and probably maybe I'd say maybe ability to play I don't know a right back role but then as we've I think we've discussed this before haven't we you know the way England play if we play three at the back then is is a right wing back going to be suited to Wan-Bissaka anyway it got us thinking we're going to do an England 11 now based on current form let's take it away let's start off with the goalkeeper because we know it's not Jordan Pickford and I'm assuming you haven't got it's worth, He was actually okay last night. Um, he, he made some important moments, but then all you remember, which is classic 
goalkeeper luck is that he gave away a penalty. But overall, he, his performance was pretty good. He pulled off um, a, a decent save as well against West Brom. And, and it, yeah, but I mean, the thing with Jordan Pickford is, is that he's a prick. <laughs> so and and the, and no. the other thing is with him is he's, he's, he's got arms like a T Rex and he can, that's a he Cannot command a box to save. You notice as well during that game last night, Woods, is that all you've got to do is get it. On that six-yard box, Everton sit, have to sit so deep because he can't yeah. come out. And when he does come out, he's punching it. He's not catching it. He doesn't no. have that aerial ability no. about him. So it's not Jordan Pickford, surely, then, for so number one. I, I will say quickly, like my, my thoughts behind this kind of England team was it was my team to start the first game of the Euros. That's how I was Based on current form? At it. Based on just what I think the team should be when we play it, when we... I mean, Euros, let's face it, there'll be an element of current form in it. Yeah, um, so you know, that's but, kind of... The, I don't think there's going to be too much difference, if I'm honest with you. Like, I was just looking okay, at... Okay, well... What, what formation are you playing? Oh, here we like, go. What, <laughs> it's, it's, it, you know, it's an important thing, right? Because, obviously, if Lee's going to get involved, we need to kind of... Better clarify it. a bit. Jack, Jack Grealish playing left-back. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> four up front. I, I'm playing the dreaded 4-2-3-1 for what it's worth. I ain't playing three at the back. I ain't having it. I don't think these players are tactically aware enough to be able to play that. They don't play that for their clubs very often. So fuck you, Gareth Southgate. Don't play three at the back. This three four three it leads us to play the worst football I've ever seen England play. So no, not the worst football that England's ever played, but just dreadfully boring football. Yeah. It's not the Iceland game. <laughs> but yeah, Can I, I'm playing four two three one. You said we're going to fly through this, and I'm still waiting. We ain't got a formation out yet, and I've tried to get a goalkeeper. Yeah, my, my concern is, is our, our defenders <laughs> playing in the two, to be honest. That's the, that's the concern I've got. Um, I don't know if I trust any of our defenders to, 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 to play in a pair. Um, I, I understand where you're coming from. I do. Because um, I think that we've got options at fullback, which probably are better at fullback than they are at wingback. That was also my thinking behind it. I don't like any of our players at wingback, if I'm honest with you. And I'm no. not... I'm not Breaking the team to try and make the most of Trent's abilities, whatever the fuck they are. Um, it's not happening, basically. Um, it might be better if we just say our entire defences. Well, let's know, just like kick that. on. Let's kick, let's kick right. on. Let's go 4 2 3 1. Okay. Are you, are you sure? Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. Lee, have you got your team, by the way? No, I'm the. Like, You're choosing. Yeah. Fucking all right. Great. Adjudicator. Um, <laughs> so, goalkeeper then, oh. I suppose. I, I, so, <laughs> I, I have one of two. I'm easy. Either or, if I'm completely honest with you, uh, it ain't Pickford. It's either going to be Henderson, yeah, or it's going to be Pope. See, I've got Henderson in mind, but I hope that that's because, and I hope that De Gea and his new baby are fine uh, in Spain. But I hope mm. that he also can't get back uh, <laughs> because because he's can then be with his kids and his 300 grand a week safely in Spain. Because Mikey, as you can tell us, is safe in Spain. Um, I'm very safe. And more importantly, Dean Henderson can have a nice run of fucking matches for Manchester United uh, to find himself and, and really make a stake for that. Especially because it shouldn't be forgotten that Manchester United are playing in Europe. They're playing in Europe against uh, AC Milan this week. And I'm assuming that he's going to be starting in that game. So um, Nick Pope's a good goalkeeper, right? He's a good goalkeeper. But I just my personal feeling is that Henderson's a level above he, he's your backup uh, goalkeeper is what Nick Pope yeah, is that, that, and that's yes. kind of yeah and it, a lot of it for me depends on what happens for Henderson for the rest of the season yeah absolutely I, I, I'm, I don't understand why Pickford is the undisputed number one I don't, I don't get it if I'm honest with you uh, no, I think I we've actually know. got a decent crop of goalkeepers for the first time in a while and I think we need to experiment a bit more because Pickford just gives me the willies so yeah Henderson or Pope Mr Lee what are you saying uh, Henderson 
But on, on the proviso that again, yeah, he gets that run of games in between now and the end of the season. Yeah. Okay. Um, left back's easy. That, le- left back. I mean, I've got Luke Shaw. Yeah, it's Luke Shaw. There's, there's, there's no other option. He's been. I, I, I'm hoping that Southgate is paying attention, right? Because of course he's there's, not. There's a nasty niggling feeling about Southgate that he has his set in his mind, right? Because I don't think Shaw's really been given an opportunity. Look, I like Ben Chilwell. He's been nowhere near as bad as what people would like to have you believe, but he also ain't fucking playing at the moment. You know, right? If Chelsea are going to continue to play the formation that they are, and I think Tuchel will ride this out for the season. I know he's got tactical flexibility, but why change a winning feeling? Chilwell's only going to be playing left wing back, which is hardly the ideal situation when you're going to be going into the summer playing a back four. So if he's either not playing or he's playing left wing back. And, and Luke Shaw, how are you going to pick a player? Like his form is remarkable. But for what it's worth, with a 3-4-3, three, three, Chelsea play wing backs. That Chilwell may be in yeah, line there. Exactly. You know so I mean? this so, is it. You have some flexibility team, there. In our team, no. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. were to play a play, like you say, 3-4-3, three, three, you could argue to put... Um, Chilwell in there over Shaw I'd probably still have Shaw in that position I may well have Saka in that position if it was wingbacks yeah, I, I, to be honest that's where uh, when we have start the, start the wingback discussion Saka is more of an option for me than than maybe he is at the moment um, yeah. I've seen a lot of people write a lot of things about Saka over the last couple of days where they're basically saying that he is better than Foden for and I was just <laughs> thinking are you fucking kidding me like I, I like Saka no he's not like, I, I like Saka a lot but he's a few good years behind the development of Foden as of yet. And Foden slots into a Man City Pep team seamlessly and looks yeah. good doing so. Saka will, look will look good for Pep when he, when he eventually gets there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, so, uh, so Shaw, a left yeah. back, are we, are we agreed there? Yeah. Um, now, one of the reasons why I went for a back four um, and with Henderson and Shaw is because I've also got Maguire in there. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, uh, again, having some semblance of continuity is good and I don't want to judge Man United's current defensive record because we've had De Gea in goal for a long time um, with Henderson we do look half solid I would say so I would go Maguire next personally yeah absolutely I don't know what you say I, 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 undoubtedly like Harry Maguire is definitely one of the two best centre-halves in the country um, there, there, there's some players that are coming um, like it, I, feel, I feel it's probably a, a couple of years too soon for you know, going back to it, but Ben Godfrey, I think it's probably a, a, a tournament at least too oh, yeah, early. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Maguire gets a lot of pelters because of the price tag. Take the price tag away, he's still one of the two best English centre halves in the league. And he looked really good on Sunday as well. Like he carried the ball out of defence really nicely. He did. I thought he did. Element of old school, not old school Maguire, just something we haven't seen enough of. The it. other thing is yeah. as well is that he is a physical presence in in that yeah. back line. You know, when it comes to defending set pieces, he's going to put his head on it. Right, that's important. Yeah. And equally, at the other end, as England showed um, with Southgate, we don't create goals um, other than from set pieces. So we're going to need his big fucking head at the other end. Well, and this also, like, we talk about Maguire being the physical presence. This is why my next defender is John Stones. Yeah, like, he's He's the needed the run of games that he's, yeah. he's needed for... Rejuvenated. Mm. Um, thank God for that, because coming into this season, it was generally like, who the fuck is playing centre-half at the Euros? And John Stones has kind of turned up and gone, don't worry, I've got it, boys. Connor, Connor Cody's coming in. Maybe Dawson, is he? Is he? <laughs> Dawson making a... Is, is he English? I'm sure he must be I don't be know English. if he's English. I'm sure he, he might be English. Late um, run. Uh, so who did you have? So, so we're saying uh, Shaw, Maguire, Stones? Yeah. Who did you have at right back? Sorry, so, I'm taking you role, Lee. You need to ask the well, question. No, I'll try to get in. Well, I'm assuming basically that you're going to have 
Kyle Walker at right back, so then you've got the Man City combination to the right, yeah? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Obviously not, given that, that how we led into this discussion. I like Reese James. I like Reese James a lot, but at tournament football, when it's about winning one-off football matches, having a lockdown corner that you can go deal with their best player, because nine times out of ten, their best player is playing that left wing, left inside forward position. And Wan-Bissaka just pockets guys. He did it to Mbappe. He did it to Sterling at the weekend. Like, Aaron Wan-Bissaka should be our starting right back on the basis that he allows other players in the team to kind of thrive because you can leave him there and you know he's going to have this and it's going to be fine. I I don't understand. Like, there's no way I play Trent. Zero chance because he's going to kill us. He will kill us playing right back. Um, and I, like I said, I like Reese. I like Reese a lot. Um, but could you argue though? I've got to be sorry to cut, cut, cut you off there, Woods. But could you argue that Reese James is the best of both in terms of he's good you going could, forward and he's, you he's could good argue going it, back, but, whereas Wan-Bissaka we all know he's good going forward. You could argue that, but at the same time, I think that Wan-Bissaka's defensive ability is so elite. Oh, yeah, it's on another level, yeah. That I, I, it just wins the and conversation. Because we are England in, in as well, aren't we? Ultimately, we at some point during a game, we're <laughs> yeah. going to invite we're pressure. Exactly. And the thing is, as well, we are England, which means we're not going to be the best team on the pitch some of the occasions. Like if we're playing, I don't want to keep going back to saying against France, but if we want to win a tournament, we're probably going to have to go through them. And I, I, I like Reese, but I much prefer Wan-Bissaka playing Kylian Mbappe than I do Reese James. Uh, Reese James is an excellent, excellent fullback. And I say, as you say, I think he's a, he's a more versatile option there. I mean, Mikey, you can probably talk more than I can. You watch Wan-Bissaka every week, but every time I see him, he's just basically completely locking out their left winger and so much w- so that Wan- they're wanting to kind of switch wings. Wan-Bissaka is a player that, um, yeah, he does. he's not perfect defensively. Positionally, he can be a little bit suspect, but he has such ability at tackling players that I always feel pretty comfortable with him there. Like, like I said, he locks down wings and that's a really good thing to have in tournament football. I have... My starting right back is Wan-Bissaka for what it's worth. Um, however, I do have an asterisk next to his name on my notes, which also says against teams where England are the favourite, then we put Rhys James in. Yeah, which is fair. We, we leave Trent Alexander-Arnold at home and he doesn't get near the, doesn't get on the plane because he's, he's a dreadful, he's awful. He's genuinely the most passive player I've seen in a million years. And if we, if we even entertain the notion of playing him at centre midfield, I'm going to cry. Yeah, this, this this narrative that because um, he's so good at crossing the ball means he can play in, in centre midfield. I don't really understand that. Like his his trick is a really good trick um, when it works, <laughs> and that is crossing the ball. I don't know why he then go well if we move him to centre midfield, then he's going to be better. Like who comes up with this idea? Uh, he's been dreadful. Um, when I've watched him recently as well, like I think passive is the perfect word. He he just I don't know, there's just something not right with him at the moment. And I don't think you can go into a tournament with a player that maybe he's just tired. Maybe it is burnout. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's mental fatigue, right? They, they maybe went, he's maybe he's, he's got, busy writing his book. Maybe, yeah. He's he's, he's borrowed Robbo's You gotta remember he is a young chap though, you know. I'm gonna come to his aid, his defence here. He is he is a young lad, a very young lad. We do need to appreciate that as well. Yeah. But then, no, but then of course, young. you can counter with me and go, well, Rhys James is a young lad. and Yeah, I mean, all three of them are, are young, for what it's worth. Um, it's, just, <laughs> it's just, he he will kill you 
He will kill you in a game. Like I said, most teams play their best player at left wing, right? They do, or, or that left inside forward. And he's just going to end up leaving poor John Stones to deal with killing Mbappe on his line. Mm. And I just don't want that. And I just don't want that. Tournament, as you said, tournament football would scare me having it's him. Tournament football is winning a my, one-off my, game. My right? only reservation is that in that back line, four, five, four of those players are United players. <laughs> <laughs> that, that worries me a little bit. But be that as it may. So... Go on, Lee. Sorry, mate. No, no. We're playing two. Are we playing the pivot? Because you're playing two. Uh, the... I do have a pivot, but I have a very special pivot. Oh, Talk to me about your special pivot. Let's hear it. <laughs> so, uh, it's not going to be Declan Rice, it's, is it? It's, it's two players that I've much maligned, uh, if I'm honest with you. And okay. it's going to be a surprise to the pair of you. I'll say the first one. I've got Declan Rice in there yeah. because he's the most natural defensive midfielder that we have. Um yeah, no issues with Declan Rice playing there at all, if I'm honest with you. One player that I don't have is Jordan fucking Henderson, okay? He ain't pivoting with Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson can go fuck off. Uh, okay? Player of the year, mate. I don't, I don't care. Well, that I happened, didn't it? Care less. Player... It, did, it did happen. It did bloody hell. I, just, I forgot. Because, <laughs> exactly, you forgot for a reason. Yeah, that's a bit uh, of a funny one. But, I mean, he's injured at the moment anyway. He's so... not back until April. End of April. I think. That's, that's not a lot of time to get up so, to much fitness, is it? I have Declan Rice with a childhood friend. No. <laughs> that they can dovetail nicely together, I would hope. And it would allow us not to be so double pivoty, if you will. And that's Mason Mount. Sure, you saw that coming. I'm so happy about this because I, I have Mount in my team and I was like, it's going to be the one thing we're going to fall out on. And No, um, I'm looking at that team and... I give Mount a lot of powers. I don't think he's the Messiah, as some <laughs> Chelsea fans are saying. However, I don't think he's as bad as some people, other people are saying. He's a good footballer. This, the, this is young. the problem with Mason Mount is because because of the the Chelsea, the way the the fans big him up so much, you almost kind of naturally the opposition fans want to bring him back down. And I feel like that's yeah, maybe the angle I come in with. I, I can't help but admit and and realise the fact is he's a he's a good footballer. I can't I'm not going to deny this. And I think I, I do, however, think that I would prefer him in a deeper position, if I'm honest with you. He's um, good at progressing the ball from there. Precisely. Um, and this is why he's got a lot of energy. He's got mm-hmm. good feet. I think he can progress it well. And I think with him and Rice having been literally friends since they were kids, uh, I think they've got a good understanding of each other. Ooh, I think, I, I'm, I'm playing up the kid, the kid aspect here. I think that's going to be very, very important. School that's what wins tournaments. So, yeah, I think a Rice Mount, maybe not the most physically imposing from a Mount perspective, but Kante is not exactly physically imposing no, I mean, in terms Mount of height, and he does a great about. job. So Mount's up for a fight in there. I think, that, I think that's a good pairing. It's, it's what I have. So it's literally the pairing that I've got in mind. So Put it this um, way. Lee's going to argue No, it. no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to argue it because I think you do make a good point. And put it this way, who's the other candidates? You mentioned Henderson, Harry Winks. Yeah. No, thank you. No. no exactly, no, no thank you. So... Like I said, you know, with Mason Mount, maybe it is an element from a, like I said, from an opposition fan being just like calm the fuck down a little bit about him. But at the same time, you do appreciate his qualities. And ultimately, his obvious quality is his work rate. He doesn't stop mm. fucking going. And if he's going to play yeah. that role, it's perfect. So, And on uh, Football Manager, I, I don't know if you, uh, the people at home, I'm in year like six or seven of my athletic, athletic save. And Mason Mount is basically... Outside of my players, he's the best midfielder in the world on the game. <laughs> like, he, he calls, wow. I've played Chelsea a few times in the Champions League over the last few years, and he causes me no end of issues. And it's done doing my head in. So, yeah, it kind of turned me on to him a little bit. I, like I also noticed he made his way into your fantasy football team, am I right? 
Yeah, he has. Yeah. Wow. Oh, but it was either that or it was get rid of Bruno to bring Lingard in. And in no fucking world can I even fathom that change. I don't no. care how much sense it makes. Right, let's let's um, let's, let's move it on then. So obviously we've got we've got uh, Mason Mount and Declan Rice in the dual midfield role. What did you say you're playing? You're playing after this three and one. Did you say four yeah. two three one? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you want to go next words. Go, go for, hit me with some. No, hit me with the middle guy. I want the middle guy, not your wingers, essentially. So I mean, I, I, I've kind of got three players to play across the front three. Um, Interchanging, are they? I mean, they, they, to be honest, they probably could all play in different yeah, positions. I, I think we might have the same three. I think there's a good uh, chance that we have. <laughs> right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna name them. Right, I've got Foden in the middle. Yeah. I've got Sancho on the right. Yeah. And I've got Grealish on the left. Yeah. This is where I get a little yeah. bit excited now when we get into this. And no prizes, no prizes for guessing who you've got no, up front. The, the, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good option off the bench, mate. He's big, physical. He's basically uh, 2021's version of uh, Andy Carroll. Uh, <laughs> have we have we just rocked up and literally named the exact same team? <laughs> I think we have somehow. <laughs> but the key the, the key is, is is Gareth Southgate going to be going with this? I don't think he is. No, no he's going to be playing Rashford for Christ's sake, and he's going to be playing Sterling. He'll be Rashford. He's Sterling. Do you know, I don't have an, an issue per se with Rashford over Grealish or or Foden evil raw. I don't. I don't have a major issue with that. Sterling. I do. Sterling. I think he's, dre- he's, he's dreadful. I'd rather have Sterling. In terms than of Rashford. form, I'd have in terms of form, yes, yeah. yeah, so I can appreciate the angle. And Grealish should be playing. But we said before when we talked about Grealish, trying to get him, shoehorn him into that England team. It, it seems like it's, we don't know if it's going to work or not. I mean, we'd love to see him in, but I don't feel like Gareth sees it working. I think it does work for honesty. I, no, we, I, I don't do, think, but Gareth doesn't. Yeah, I, I just and that, that again is maybe that's that's another reason why I don't rate Gareth Southgate as a manager. When you have a player of Jack Grealish's abilities, you you make room for him in the team. You know, regardless of it, um, if 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 Gareth Southgate was managing y- yesteryear, would he have said, "Oh, sorry, Paul." Um, you're too much of a maverick to, for me. I, I can't pin you down into a tactical position on the pitch. You don't fit into my plans. Paul Gascoigne, sorry. No, he would like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. It's almost an element of when our dads talk about Glenn Hoddle. I don't know if he's ever done mm. that with you, but they always get this. The Glenn Hoddle chat, you know, he could have played a lot more for England, blah, 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 he didn't. But yeah, okay. In that case then, Woods, I want to see a tweet about this so then we can revisit this come Euros. Hopefully they do go ahead, given that, you know, it could either just be in England now. Who knows? Yeah, it's kind of been um, shut down a bit by UEFA, hasn't it? They're like, no, we're not doing that. Surprise. Yeah, I mean, they're hardly going to want to do it that way. They've they, they still got ab- ambitions of having this wonderful 2020 Euros across the entirety of the, uh, well, Europe. Um, During a global pandemic, though. Yeah, it's not smart, is it? Uh, it's really not smart, but that's... I mean, for what it's worth, I it? hope it goes to because I've got tickets for Dublin and I, I want to go to Dublin and I'll, I'll take the coronavirus so I can go and watch... England in Dublin. You, you just take the coronavirus. I just want—I I was putting it out there, seeing if I can get in there without you two boys. I mean, it, it goes—it goes with basically Lee's whole behaviour during the whole pandemic, doesn't <laughs> it? Swanning like... around, loving life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just giving it but all like, the. But going back to that front three, though, it's glorious. It just works, right? Like the ability um, to interplay and and get between the lines. Sancho's got the pace to get in behind. Grealish, obviously, creatively. And Foden is just 
wonderful. And the thing with Foden, Foden I know it's going to be a bit, uh, I don't know, like it's probably too obvious, but Foden has an element of Wayne Rooney, right, going into this tournament in the fact that a lot of Europe hasn't got eyes on him. They haven't seen him. Who's Phil Foden? And it's like, oh, fuck. This is Phil fucking Foden. He's going to turn up and he's just going to wreck shit. Sure. It, it allows us to... Yeah, Grealish, exactly. It allows us to introduce pace off the bench in the likes of Sterling and Rashford as well, which I think, again, in tournament football, where there's a lot of games being played frequently and you need to take advantage of maybe tired legs, you need to better change the game um, and, 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 and definitively change the game. Nothing changes the game quite like pace. Um, and I think being able to introduce the likes of Rashford, the likes of Sterling into that is, is a hell of a bonus. So that's, yeah, I'm pleased we've said the exact same team. I think that's what we need. Gareth, book it. <laughs> okay. Like I said, was please tweet about it because I will be, it'll be nice to revisit this come a few months yeah. time. Um, I want to move on because... When Southgate ultimately fucks it <laughs> up. Exactly. And then we can hammer him. And we've also then got the evidence as well to say this is what it should have been. Predictions times. How many are there? There's a, there's a lot. So let's just. Oh. I know, I know. There's, there's not a lot. It's just your standard tent this week. There's no double game week or anything like that. Then why did you say there was a well, lot? Because it's because I actually thought this week was the FA Cup week, so I thought it was only going to have three or four games, and I started doing it. I was like, fuck, fuck, there's loads. Anyway, Friday night, <laughs> Newcastle Villa. What about Man City Southampton? When's that? That's uh, that's tomorrow night, isn't it? Have we already predicted that one? It's, it's, it's Man City anyway. But. Yeah, but it's yeah, Man, City. Right. Man City. I'll, I'll, I'll slot it in. City win. There we go. Versus Sutton. It's in there. Newcastle Villa Friday. We're all going away. Uh, yeah. Villa. Villa. Yeah. Just a quick one. Newcastle West Brom. I didn't see the game. <laughs> I haven't seen the highlights. I'm sure there weren't many. I, 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 there was no I, I, I checked the scores. All right. I, I couldn't remember what the early kickoff was on Saturday. Uh, it was Saturday morning, wasn't it? Was it Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. What was the? F- it was Sunday, right? Sunday lunchtime. Yeah. yeah. I was sitting there and I I I I, I turned on because I went out on Sunday morning, went for a walk, and got back. So I checked it with scores. Like, what was going on? And I saw it was fucking West Brom Newcastle nil nil, and I was like, oh my god! Could you imagine? Could you imagine having to watch? Didn't that? someone watch it over the the Classica? Who? I swear someone said it in the WhatsApp group that they chose to watch it over to Classica. Oh, someone did say that, I thought. <sighs> I mean, I I, I, um, I, I flicked on to the, uh, the, see the, the Bayern-Dortmund game to see the collapse of Dortmund. Um, Poor old Dortmund. I was, I, I, when I switched, because I missed the first part of the game, I forgot it was on at that time. I put it on and I was like, looking around, like, where the fuck is Haaland? And I was like, he must have been sent off. What's happened? And I looked, subbed off after an hour. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, who the fuck is South Ireland off after an hour? It was an injury though, wasn't it? Because the I, I don't know. Yeah, I, like it's I said, injury I, I just, related because he there was doubts he's going to be available for. Champions well, he scored League. tonight. Oh, is he a go? So he's already made it. So, yeah, Sancho's out injured as well at the moment, isn't he? Another that's player that's out. Another player that's out injured conveniently on his sister's birthday for six of the last seven years running his name <laughs> uh, yeah. It's funny that, isn't it? Interesting. Leeds, mm. Chelsea. Mm. Here you go, Woods. It's, uh, it's your team that you don't like. To play against or predict, <laughs> I don't like to predict against Leeds. Like uh, they're, um, they're tough, but I think we'll be too much for them. Uh, I think I, I had this down as a draw in my predictions, if I remember. Mm. Stick Correctly. to it. You're sticking with it. I wondered where it was because we're two t- two points difference because we we, yeah. had, we had the same at United and City, and then I saw oh two points different. I wondered where it was, but um, yeah, I think I think Chelsea will be probably too much for for Leeds. Um, 
It could be a really entertaining football match. Tell you what won't be an entertaining football match. Palace West Brom. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's a dreadful football Draw. match. That's nil-nil. Nil-fucking-nil. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, just put me down for whatever. For, for, uh, West Brom, mate. West Brom. They're going to grab a goal. Big Sam, eh? Fuck it. Yeah, big Sam. Um, Everton Burnley. Chris Wood? Everton. No, Chris Wood. No, no. Uh, Chris Wood may get a consolation, but Everton are going to win. Yeah. Everton. Bounce back. Interesting game. Fulham. The thing with, the thing no, with Everton, no, no, no. Just, just, just not on Everton, is that their centre-halves are physical enough to deal with the physicality that Burnley will bring. Yeah, um, watching like the, I watched I watched the Arsenal Burnley game, and Arsenal, <laughs> whilst being fucking hilarious, uh, did manage to carve Burnley open several times, but just could not finish a bag of chips. So I, I imagine I, I would think that. See, so yeah, this is the thing. Everton this is why I don't do think like Everton there. are going to be like that because they can't carve open. I don't want to go into it after everything we've discussed. If anything, this sounds like a, a one nil, one one nil nil game. I think Everton are going to win. That's that's the long okay. and short of it. Anyway, I, I want to move on to the next game because it's more interesting because it's an informed Fulham side against Man City. Ooh, that is it's a tasty little fixture. Give me, um, give me a draw. <sighs> yeah, I just don't know with this one you. to be honest. I don't know. I, I just, I think I, I'd like Fulham to get a result, but I don't think they will. I think City will win. Southampton, Brighton, Mikey, um, your Southampton. Southampton, yep. Woods looks like he wants to die over there thinking about this game. Fucking hell. I, I, I'm just, I'm just like, can we somehow get poor Graham Potter a, a goal scorer? Because he is being so betrayed. Oh, by completely. fucking I, I, strikers I feel for the guy because they don't like watching Brian ain't, ain't a bad watch they do they do a decent job of creating chances but fuck me it's just it's a calamity in front of goal and you said, ridiculous. I think you said this last week Mope since he uh, tried to yeah. mug United off he just he's gone to absolute turd it's completely gone, gone, gone off a cliff completely but uh, um, draw I'm actually going to They're in trouble as well, Brian. They are in trouble. They are right in it. They're being sucked right in. They are. And their their best bet is Newcastle at the moment. Uh, that that Newcastle are just going to end up being worse than them. It's um, They need a striker desperately in the summer. They need to, to get someone. Someone, I mean, like we joke about it, but if they'd have got Haaland, they'd probably be pushing top four this year. So I mean, I had Bri- I've got Brighton literally not getting relegated on goal difference <laughs> because Newcastle are shit anyway yes, because basically. literally because Newcastle are shit that's how I've got Brighton Iniacho uh, versus yeah. Sheffield United <laughs> yeah Leicester uh, will win that yeah Leicester Leicester get this fair enough clean sweep and then we've got the big London North Derby or North London Derby Arsenal nah fuck off Woods oh, come on Woods Arsenal Spurs incredible Woods. I know, you, I know you don't like Spurs, but you, you do you Ars- do watch Arsenal, don't you? I look. Hey, look, Arsenal should have won at the weekend. Uh, they just w- wasted their opportunities. And, and and I will say, like Arsenal's results do not match their overall performances. I think that I, I, I'm being honest. I'm being any honest other here. week. Arsenal are shit because they're playing Spurs. Also, yeah, Arsenal they're all right actually. They're a good, good little footballing team. I reckon. They, I reckon. They've look, got am, it. am I trying to talk it into existence? Maybe, but look. Uh, 
I, honestly, they have been shafted by referees. I'm expecting... They really have. Um, they've, they've had the worst. How the fuck was that not a penalty? I have. I cannot believe... that. I know, Mikey, we, we did ask you about it. You rejected the opportunity to, to share your opinion. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not at liberty to talk about penalties, but <laughs> in this situation, yes, I would suggest they got shafted, just like um, Man United did last week. <laughs> It was it was a ridiculous decision by the referee and VAR, um, but I think they're going to win the North London derby um, because. Just on that note, we give VAR a lot of shit. It was actually used in really good effect at the weekend um, with the shot deflection handball that was given in the same card game, yeah. and then over to Oh yeah, over to, yeah, yeah, brilliant, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because it like it, it, at full pace, it was a very difficult decision for the referee to make. Um, and that's that's where VAR does like you say Mikey it doesn't break up play because play's already been broken up because the referee's given a penalty so it's not like we're missing anything yeah absolutely but um, look Tottenham are in good form um, I shouldn't detract from them too much there they've they've uh, Kane and, and Bale seem to have found a a bond uh, poor old Sonny boy just sitting there watching his his old best friend <laughs> betray him <laughs> passing up all of those goal scoring bonuses to someone that's earning £650,000 a week Maybe maybe Son hand, maybe Son hands in the transfer request in the summer. Frustrated with Kane's new alliances with his Welsh. Here friend. he goes. He's, spe- he's off on one of his speculations. Um, well, I've got away. Away, I fancy Spurs. So yeah, he's such a massive Spurs fan. And you're such a United fan, Woods. <laughs> and speaking of United, United West Ham. This is what? an important game for West Ham. This one. This really. This is, is a horrible game. Uh, Manchester United. Of course, of course. I don't know why I even asked you. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I think a draw. To be honest with you, I think we're going to draw this. I'm going to go Man United. It's going to be annoying as well. You beat them earlier this season, didn't you? Right? Yeah, but now they've got Jesse Powell. They, oh, I, you now bet he, he can't, can't play. play Willie. Ah, oh, then United. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, I'll go. I'll go United then. Okay. I'll, I'll brings that for you. Yes. Thank you. And the last game, Wolves Liverpool. Liverpool away, crucially. So they're not, they're not Monday home. night, by the way. Monday night as well, though. Like, it, it, it doesn't get any easier. I had a look through their fixtures. So they've got Wolves this week away on a Monday night. I think they've got another game away at a tricky opponent after that. And then they've got Villa at home is the next home game. And it's like, really is... Like you could see the run continuing, like this dreadful run. I, I think it'll be a draw. I don't. I don't think that they'll go to Wolves and win there, despite Wolves not being particularly good this season. Their their next game after the Wolves game is away at Arsenal. Ah yes. See, then, as I yeah. Said, then you're right. Home against Villa, and then away to Leeds. And then they finally get Newcastle at home, which is where yeah. I see the run coming to an end. They'll <laughs> finally win a home game. <laughs> Dude, if Bruce turns up and and pulls it out of the bag, mate, Klopp a walk. He'll hand his notice and he'll be like, you know what? No, this is done. I ain't getting mugged off by Auntie Bruce in my backyard. Speak, no, like, speaking you- of uh, so Steve Bruce, uh, for, for the listeners, check out um, The Guardian and check out David Squires. If you don't know if you boys have seen it, there's. I haven't, it's, no. It's brilliant, mate. It's, it's all about the, um, you know, the, the rat in, in Newcastle, you know, that, you know, basically Auntie Bruce got a little bit rolled up about. A.K.A. Matt Ritchie, basically, but yeah. Yes, it's Matt Ritchie, the guy that's already cleared out his locker, you know. He's, yeah. he's... Um, Fucking Who's hell. your prediction? Mikey, sorry. Um, I will go for I've draw as well. Liverpool. I've got to go Liverpool. Trent Alexander-Arnold, yeah, nice free kick. Have they got... Is it Champions League with them this week against Leipzig? I think it, it is, is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Tune the up, first yeah. leg. Yeah, they should be okay, shouldn't they? They should get the free. Right, here we go. I reckon this could be fun. Winners and chumps. 
Let's go winners first. Mikey. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Mikey. I will go for um, uh, Manchester United. <laughs> not, not Ollie. But dude, break the streak. <laughs> break the streak. What more can you say? You've, you've turned up at the Etihad and you're up against a team that have won 20 games in a row, whatever it was, and uh, 20, well, 21 games in a row. And uh, yeah, we stopped them winning. Uh, it's against uh, it's a derby game as well, which is even sweeter. Um, look, long-term ramifications mean that it's not like we're going to go and now go and win the league, but it's a very good morale-boosting victory. And fuck you, City, is what I'm going to say. So yeah, I'll go United because why wouldn't I? Woods, um, the mighty Glasgow Rangers. Stephen Gerrard. Reed. Speaking of ending streaks, mate, uh, that was an important one to stop because no team still has done 10 in a row. Um, I think they're the first team to get to 55 championships, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Stephen Gerrard has got Rangers back back to the top of Scottish football after, God, was it 11? Well, we would be, yeah, because it was going for, for 10 in a row. Um, in 2012, obviously, they were thrown into administration and found themselves and the bottom tier of Scottish football and it playing the likes they, of Clyde uh, and Airdrie and Queen's Park and Rafe Rovers Leesky Shiny uh, Scottish football Aloha. and uh, you know it, it, they they got back there and they've taken a couple of swings at income short but this year um with a hand from Neil Lennon, uh, they've been able to to get over the top. Celtic will be ruined that decision, by the way. I know that they, they'll feel like, oh, Brendan left us in the lurch, but you didn't have to appoint Neil Lennon. You literally could have chosen any other football manager and you chose him. And he's the reason why you didn't do 10 in a row. And he's the reason why, basically, because the thing is, the worst thing about this situation is, as a Celtic fan, you, you could win next year, you could win the year after that, you could win the year after that, but you would still be nowhere fucking near 10 in a row. This was it. This was the most important season, really, in a long time for Celtic. Because it's, it is, when you win a title, like, pretty much all the time, right? This was the, the record to, to, to break because I think Rangers have done nine twice and I think now Celtic have done it twice maybe. I don't know. But no one had done it ten. This was the, the one to hold over them. And they failed. Uh, fair play, Stephen Gerrard. Um, next Liverpool manager, matter of time. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I was thinking about this uh, yesterday about uh, Scottish football. And <laughs> kind of, I was thinking about the three of us. Okay. I was thinking about the three of us. Now, and I was kind of thinking about our personalities, right? Who who would we support if we had been born in Scotland instead? <laughs> and it would just be, it would be, it would be the luck of the draw, wouldn't it? Right? I would be, it, well, me, me and Woods would be either Rangers or Celtic, wouldn't we? Let's be clear. We would be, yeah. be winning things. Lee, I guarantee you, would be a hard living Hibernian fan or a Motherwell fan. I was going to say, was gonna say like Aberdeen. That. Had a little bit of success. Aberdeen, in the past, potentially. Oh, yeah, Aberdeen did win, win the title in the 80s. Yeah, perfect. 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 Aberdeen. And it's like you kind of sit there, even in Scottish football, Lee doesn't support a team that's good. And it's just, in my head, I, I, I was just sitting there thinking, it's perfect Lee. And the thing is, he did choose it as well. If, if you went and lived in Scotland, you wouldn't choose to support Rangers. You'd, you'd choose the downtrodden. You'd choose the team that weren't any good. Uh, yeah, just, just so you I don't, don't know have how to Lee ever would, have hope. I don't know how Lee would deal with supporting a winning football team, though. Because he's so, he pe- he's so pessimistic. That it's I think cool he to be it. pessimistic, mate. 
Lee always says to me that it's not a challenge if you do that. Like if you, you know, it's, it's, there's no, there's no challenge in it. You, you know, you don't get to experience it properly. This is why when That's we were playing football at school, Mikey, I always used to go and play in your team because they were the shit team because I wanted to make it a challenge. Uh, no, what, what I should stress is what we, we used to have X and Y, two bands of the year, right? So year 10 or whatever would be split into two halves, right? Me and Lee are on opposite halves. And so when we played football at lunch times, we'd kind of do X v Y, right? And Lee's exactly right. On, unfortunately, on my side of the band, we had a bunch of fucking freaks and nerds, right? They were no good at football. <laughs> <laughs> they listen to this, bro. Um, <laughs> don't call, don't name people, you you harsh person. Um, like we didn't have any good footballers, right? Um, and it was always quite embarrassing. And what Lee would do in classic Lee fashion, he'd randomly get past the ball, and then without actually telling anyone or, or 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 giving anything away he'd all of a sudden be on our team uh because he'd be then want to do the the heroic comeback so he'd get all the glory if we if we managed to then win and turn it, be it around of for why you know basically i'm steven gerrard you know i just turn it around and you know fading clubs why being the fading club but yeah yeah it's a challenge mate isn't it i'm winning i'm winning every day i'm bored of it you know i take up a challenge to go and play for the white team i'm so bored of winning yeah. i win all the time exactly my winner is harry kane I thought his goal was very, very good. Shock as Lee picks a, a Spurs player. Yeah, I know. Close contenders. It was a good goal. It was. It was, it was lovely. Close yeah. contenders were Fulham, just for making this actually. Well, we all wrote them off. I think pretty much everyone in the country wrote them off, and they've they've turned it around, and they're they're looking. Well, I think they're looking odds on now. They're going to beat Newcastle, or they're going to be above Newcastle. They've got Newcastle on the last day of the season. Oh, that's a. It's, it's 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 properly tasty, right? They've got Newcastle thing at home on the last day of the season. They're going to send. Am I, am I making that up? Please don't tell me I'm making that up. I'm pretty sure. Well, they you have. ever look? You ever look? You're looking into that, are you? Or I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll try. Ask Mikey who his loser well, is. This is well. I'm hoping our chumps are all the same. As in, this was one person, and it doesn't have to be football related. But if it is football related, then fair enough, <laughs> Mikey. <laughs> Well, I mean, Put you on the spot there, that, I was, I, I, exactly, I was sticking, I was kicking on the old football bandwagon here. Uh, I was just going to obviously go. I had a couple in mind. It was either going to be Liverpool, obviously, 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 or it was going to be Sheffield United. Nah, that's boring, um, though, isn't it? Well, fine. You know, um, I assume you want me to say Piers Morgan. I thought you were going to go with Meghan Markle. Loser, <laughs> I jest. You savage, I jest. Of course, it, well, yeah, it's Piers Morgan. My one is Piers He's Morgan. At, is at Leeski twenty. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 hey, you might have more fans from from this sort of perspective that you're putting out there. True. I think it's I think it's deplorable. Um, disgusting, disgusting that. human being, isn't he? I. I tell you what, I I I'd ha- I hadn't seen the documentary through, which you're obviously referencing too, uh, and which Pierce Morgan for some reason was downplaying, suggesting that she was basically acting, that she was um, having suicidal thoughts. That's fucking insane. How can you like, put yourself fuck- in someone else's position and brain effectively, and then say I don't- you're lying? I just don't understand because like, I know he likes to say stuff because he likes to be controversial because he's like um, that's that's his shtick, isn't it? Whatever that's side of the argument he wants to be, but yeah, basically, and he he he's fine. He's making a fortune off being a twat. Um, having watched it, how can you watch that and think anything other than that poor woman and what she's had to deal with for the the time of this relationship and. You don't have to be anti-royal, pro-royal, whatever, to kind of be able to watch that documentary and decipher that 
it must have been really tough for her and it's clearly very tough for her and also just, in just the, the bigger picture as well is that ITV are doing like a mental awareness you know yeah. association i think with mind the charity and he completely undermines it all by going on this like personal rant and it's is it's, yeah. it's personal you can feel the hatred it's, it's just disgusting. It was a year ago since Caroline Flack killed herself. Exactly. Again, the same organisation, ITV. That's a colleague, yeah. effectively. Well, I mean, credit to... I, I didn't catch the guy's name who basically Alex told him... Beresford, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right, yeah. He, he, who absolutely tore him to pieces and made him walk off set. I mean... Again, the fucking hypocrisy. Snowflake. Exactly, the fucking yeah. snowflake. I, I, I do feel... I mean, I don't know where I sit on it. Um, God, is it Susan... Yes, yeah, Susan Reed, who sits next Susanna to Susanna Reed, isn't it? Susanna Reed, thank you, yeah. Um, I, I do wonder, like, is she told not to engage with him when he's being this guy? She looks uncomfortable or... every time. She's like this. Yeah. I, know, I appreciate the listeners can't see this, but it's just a... Oh, I don't know what to do. He's yeah, doing it again, yeah, isn't he? I'm just going to sit here. He's I doing might it again, say something. And I've been told. Yeah. Because did you, did it draws you, by, audience. By any chance, did you happen to ever catch his first appearance on Good Morning Britain? I can't say I have. No. So there's a there's a clip going around at the moment where he on his first fucking day, he sits down and he goes, uh, "I'm paraphrasing, right? Summer's here." That's his first day, right? And uh, he basically goes to the other anchor, who's obviously like a young girl, and says, "We know it's summer's here because she rocks up wearing basically a mini skirt." And he basically gets this poor woman to stand up for the cameras so he can show off her ass and legs, basically, in this skirt. And basically, pretty much demeans her in front of the, the, the baying public. And it's just that like... That was his first day? Yeah. Holy shit. Like, it's incredible that he's been able to... I mean, the thing is, is that ITV clearly care about one thing, right? And it's viewing figures. And the viewing figures, for whatever reason are very high with that show. I think it probably goes hand in hand with that. Um, there'll be certain sections of the country that nod their head in agreement with this man. Um, and also the BBC doesn't have a particularly interesting show on at the oh, same maybe time. That, maybe that wasn't his first day. Ignore me. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say he rocks up. I don't know to have, like, have all of there, but maybe it wasn't his first day. He's still done it. Yeah, he's still done it. It's still shocking. Look, he's off to GB News, right? That's the whole thing. We've got basically a new... Well, look, so the BBC has now had uh, 400 grand's worth of investment by basically a giant right-wing bellend. Yeah. Uh, so the BBC News is basically going to be nice and impartial going forward. Um, uh, the, so the GB News is a new um, organisation, uh, basically, I think, funded, founded by like Andrew Neil, who um, is fed up of people not allowing him to share his weird views on the world. Um, weird or bigoted. They're going for an American-style uh, thing where it's not rolling news all the time, but it's very much reactionary. Things oh will happen. The gimmick is they're going to have guests on or, or presenters every evening who will be a personality, explosiveness, that's the thing. It's basically going to be a fucking disaster oh, because that's where... So no, it's not on the BBC. Okay. It's on. Um, you'll be able to get it on Sky, Freeview, etc., etc. Um, and yeah, basically a new it's news so channel. Dangerous. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun because basically it's uh, f- yeah, right wing propaganda essentially. How the fuck have we got here? How have we got here? Don't I don't know, mate. I, I wouldn't be able to watch that channel if I tried. So who cares? That, yeah. To be fair, why did I go with this angle? Because now it just gives him the the the. I don't know the the arrogance to be like, oh well, I'm not. I don't live in England anymore. 
this is why I do it. You see, this is why I do it because I want to get that bite from Lee. I want to get that little thing there where he does his little impression of me, and I can see they see even behind I mean, his to eyes. Be fair, I can see it. Having been to Spain, I know for a fact that they are not racist at all. <laughs> It's true. To be we, fair, we're getting, we're getting thing, right? mighty so, Spanish propaganda here. You know, he talks about the weather, but we don't know all about the other stuff that's going on. You know, he, 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 dude. So Spain, from what I understand, is basically led by communists now, and it's like think the UK is obviously far right. It's far left over here, and it's uh, like not in a good way. Like my initial reaction is like, oh, everyone loves each other. This sounds great, and it turns out not at all. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, this is it. I mean, like. But the, but the, do you know what? This is quite it's quite interesting. My my experience here so far is that I have no idea where a trusted source of impartial news sits. I don't know where a centre view is in this country. Where I can find that? Where I can read it? Uh, it I, I genuinely can't find it. Everything I read is distorted one way or the other. And I'll, I'll read about incidents that have happened and depending on the point of view, spin it completely differently. Like when you read about corruption from a, a particular party a few years ago, um, depending on where you look at it, it was either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. And, like, and it just, it's, <clears throat> it's so difficult to find that source of truth that you can go, you know what, I believe that to be the actual events and this is the honest accounting of it and the results that happened of that, I believe to be true. I don't know where that is. I genuinely don't know where that is. So I've kind of gone into it now. I'm like, I'm not going to concern myself with it. It stressed me out enough in the UK having to fucking read all this nonsense all the time. Um, so why would I try and do that again? It's quite liberating to a degree, if I'm honest. But I then think about in the UK, how difficult it must be to again find that source of truth i'm lucky in the fact that we've got a small group of friends who are like-minded people right so between us well, we establish our own views well bar one uh, we establish our own views on the world and we can kind of come to that consensus where maybe it's an echo chamber but i do believe it's right in that sense it, it it fits with my ethical and moral values um there's a lot of people in the uk that don't have that kind of sense of um uh that that that's i suppose that that compass or that do you know what i mean mm -hmm. um and they look to see where they get the news from or they look to find news or their opinion and they've got the daily mail telling them that Meghan markle's um you know that their wedding photos are suspicious because of something they can't put their finger on a niggling issue and it's like mm. I, it's yeah. just disgusting it's disgusting it, it frustrates me beyond belief so yeah. Oh, what, so a, what a way to end the show, Lee. Thank you. What have you done, Lee? I, I was going to just basically rinse Celtic. <laughs> you can rinse Celtic, you can rinse Liverpool, but. Uh, well, too far. Okay. This is an hour and 50 show. Exactly. And 10 minutes of that has just been ripping into Piers Morgan, and rightly so. And plus, I don't feel like we had any political engagement now for a few weeks. So I thought, you know, we need to bring that political angle back in again. I think we're tired. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 speaking for myself, I am fucking tired. Um, have you noticed though? I just can't do it. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Have you, have you noticed one thing? Since someone has left the country, they constantly feed it into our chat. Just here, oh, here, here's a little something <laughs> I come across on Twitter. Oh, look. Look how dreadful <laughs> Brexit is. <laughs> I'm the boy, the boy that oh. used to hate anything that used to go into that WhatsApp group, you know, oh, so it's more political stuff. I don't want to read about it. So I'm, I'm turning off the, the group chat. And now, now all I'm, it's been 
Yeah, and at the time, and at the time, I was told, well, actually, we love reading it all the time, and so now I'm in a position where I'm not going to get personally, like, Effective. you know, emotionally involved in it all the time. I, I'm just going to continue giving you guys the news. I'm, I'm doing a service. What's the problem here, man? You know, you guys are really busy lives. Lee's got a marathon to train for, you know, which we're funding ourselves. Woods has got a couple of kids and a, and a busy, busy life. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to save you guys time, man. I appreciate it. No, much appreciated. The good much news appreciated is when you're running and listening to this, <laughs> the, the, the good news is that when you're doing your training, you've got this is an hour and fifty, as Mikey said. So this is that's a good target for twenty twenty six point something miles. Is 26.2. it twenty six point two? Just trying to figure it out. Yeah. I reckon I could almost do a half half marathon on this pod alone. Wouldn't be far there off. There you go. Motivation. Yes. On this note, should we look to end it because it is. I think it's probably a, a smart idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that everyone's checked out the the fact that we just basically went off on one. Um, Maybe this is for our own, for our own satisfaction. Then I like it. Yeah, yeah. No, I went good. on this show thinking I'm going to have a considered show today. I'm not going to go off like a madman like I did last <laughs> week. And what happened? You brought up Piers Morgan, didn't well, you? Well, because he's the biggest chump for me. In fact, I think of another yeah. word that begins with C, and it's more appropriate for him. But. It's absolutely more appropriate. Yeah. Anyway. Castle? <laughs> it's the biggest castle, yes. Um, what are we doing? Are we, are we, are we wrapping this up? Just go, go, on to I, go on to iTunes and rate us five stars, yeah? If you're going to rate us less than that, then don't bother rating us at all. That's all I'm going to say here. <laughs> that's, that's the crux of it. Thank you. And Woods, Potter Two Halves account, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, he says some stuff. He says some stuff. Wow, the enthusiasm is palpable right now. <laughs> I, 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 I do, I've, I've just realised that bringing up Piers Morgan just put me into that angry mood and now I'm just thinking about I mean, Piers Morgan and nothing about football at all. It's, it's not just Piers Morgan, it's the people that, that follow him. I see, I see too much, I see too much on, on my, my social media that drives me mad. It's, it's, the, um, it's this conspiracy theorists, um, the fact that apparently the pandemic is a cover for some celebrity paedophile ring. I can't fucking deal with these people. I've heard they're all lizard men as well, lizard people. I, I can't. Apparently, Brian Harvey now is the one that's blowing the whistle. Brian fucking Harvey for me, seventeen is the is, man. The man who ate too many jacket potatoes and ran himself over with his own the car. Paragon of virtue that is. Brian Harvey is the one. He's seeing it with his the, own fucking the eyes. Thing is, I'm oblivious to this, and I don't really want to know about it. To be honest, I, I no, don't. I really don't. don't. The fact that you're saying Brian Harvey E17 and conspiracy theory, it's just like no, nah, I'm I'm done. If people want to believe that, nah. Yeah. Kill me. I know. The guy that was run over by his own Mercedes Benz for eating, I think it was three large jacket potatoes of tuna and mayonnaise. That's what he blamed his accident on, where he ran over himself was because he had three giant jacket potatoes. This guy <laughs> is the whistleblower. Yeah? Fuck my life. Yeah. Come on, let's go. It's, yeah, let's go. Let's, hit hit that end of record button, Mikey. I'm saying goodbye. You're gonna say goodbye in Spanish. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, uh, not in Spanish. Okay, fair enough. Woods. No. Arrivederci. He's gone with it. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. No, that's still yeah. English. Yes. <laughs> yes. See. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.